0: Good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing today out there in America and around the world, depending on uh, where it is that you are joining us this evening? Welcome to another edition of The Sea Report, coming live to you on this Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, halfway through the year and uh, a quarter of the way through the month. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope everyone's doing well today and that uh, you guys are ready for a brand new sea report brand new headlines, brand new stories, etc, etc, etc. Topics might be somewhat familiar, I would like to say. I'd like to think so anyhow. They should be. They should be if uh, you guys tune in to the show on the reg or if you guys are uh, um, a... Avid Peruser of Headlines and News on the Alternatives and the Independence. Well then, most definitely, uh, some of these topics for tonight will definitely hit a chord, strike right home with you guys, and uh, that's all good and well. I am your host, Mr. C., otherwise known as Michael Aaron This It's totally interchangeable, and it's great to be here with you guys on this Tuesday evening as we get ready for, uh, you know, the day's information, right? Uh, hopefully... I'm not your only source. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, you know uh, the, the what what I curate here at the C Report, you know, are just uh, things that are pertinent to me. At least that are within my purview, right? Uh, since I'm not uh, I, I'm not like an investigative journalist, or I've never worked for any type of an agency. I've never been involved in any of that stuff. Just your regular average Joe, uh, you know, um, perusing through the headlines myself. Every day, ladies and gentlemen, putting it together in a nice little presentation. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the primary theme here, I think, that I like to follow over at the Sea Report is, of course, stories about election integrity, election fraud, uh, to get that all exposed, You know, as one of the legs of uh, tragedy... Uh, that has uh, led us down this path, right? Uh, One of the legs of deception that has been utilized by those who claim to be our elected officials. No, no, no. They are our elected officials, right? They are not our elected representatives. Or I guess if we want to get really technical about it, we would call them the selected officials. Definitely not ours and definitely not representing the people of these United States of America, you know, I've been kind of hanging on that theme for the last odd amount of weeks, right? Maybe, maybe a few months, I would say almost at this point, uh, but but more so fervently uh, recently, you know, in identifying, because uh, we identified the fraud, right? We identified who did it, okay, at least in the open, Uh, The front of House perpetrators, very clearly, because they stood to lose a lot, were the Democrats, weren't they? They were the Democrats indeed. And uh, very, very easy to point that finger when you're on the opposing party. Uh, And that's not to say that the finger was not duly pointed. Oh no, that finger had every reason to be striking out against a specific partisanship. Uh, but, but very easy when the party that one belongs to is the party who has been erred against. So, you know, front of house perpetrators, ladies and gentlemen, were none other than, drumroll please, the Democrat Party of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the two major parties. Mm-hmm. And um, as the mythos go with us American individuals, we uh, awake Americans, right? The the myth- mythology behind that, of course, is that why uh, the Democrat Party is but one wing of the same entity and the other wing, of course, would be the Republican Party. So I think you guys can guess where I'm getting at with this little bit of uh excursion into word salad, right? I'm trying my best to live up to Kamala's expectations. (laughs) But anyways, um, uh, recently, yeah, I've really, really, really been pushing the Republican Party, pushing them into the spotlight, you know, pushing the Republican Party into the spotlight. It's made some people uncomfortable it's made, uh, it's made some people kind of uh, second guess me, look differently at me, question where my true integrity lies. And the answer is quite simple, because according to the American mythology, uh, we are not a people of a party. We are Americans, right? First. And uh, we uh, observe the Constitution. We respect the Republic. And no party should divide us from that, and no party should divide us, period, in that regard. So, I think, you know, in the uh, the romanticized ideal of American politics and partisanship, uh, just like the famed wrestling actors that uh, go at each other tooth and nail, you know, uh, elbow and knee on television, and then they go have a nice cup of joe after they're done with their match. Or maybe they go have a couple of shots somewhere, you know. Uh, Americans should be able to reconcile their differences, particularly if it involves politics, because, as I said, when we get down to it, we are first Americans, We are first observers of the Constitution. We are first respecters of the Republic. I mean, that's the way it should be. That's why I said the romanticized ideal, right? I mean, if the uh, Democrat and Republican Party members can do just that, just like the famed wrestling actors of television, why can't the average American do that as well? Why do they have to get so caught up in their differences? So uh, so um, uh, meanly uh, towards each other simply because they don't agree with uh, something as silly as politics, right? Something as silly as politics. So pointing out, of course, that American mythology about what the Democrat Party is one of the two major parties, which are a part of the same, not a part, but a part, (laughs) homonyms, a part of the same entity. Um, You know, people have been trying to identify that entity, right? Uh, We have uh, named it the deep state, we've named it the shadow government, we've named it the globalists, Uh, We've named it the New World Order. We've named it the Illuminati. You know, who on earth are these two major parties beholden to? Um, And what manner of deception have they cast upon us, we, the American people in these United States of America? So when we're talking about the Democrat Party and how they obviously Created fraud and how easily it is to point the finger at them, let's not forget that tired old adage that says, point one finger, you got four pointing back at you. Um, and that is something that I think that we as conservatives, right, are going to have to come to terms with eventually. Because We're at a point, as I have been stressing and stressing, and and undoubtedly, I am not the only one stressing this. it It is a point that many people either don't want to acknowledge, choose to ignore, or just find totally unpalatable. And that is, you know, Mr. C... If you're in a third party, no matter what that party is, you're not going to be on a winning team. You might as well choose someone you know is going to win. And you know that Republicans align closer with your values than Democrats do. So choose one of the two wings of the entity that controls them. Hmm. You know, there's a thing to be said about integrity with that. Uh, there's this thing to be said about one one's own personal convictions. You remember when we talked about selling one's soul, right? And this is going to sound rather dramatic, but when we were talking about selling the soul, right, and and the idea of, you know, uh, someone saying, gosh, you know, I want to be rich in life, I would sell my soul for it, and then all of a sudden, poof! Satan appears in front of you, and he's got a contract in hand, and he's got a burning quill in the other hand, and he says, sign right here, and I'll give you everything that you want, right? You know, that mythology, and I'm only going to call it a mythology because I've never known anyone or experienced myself uh, Satan popping up in front of me with a contract and a quill, and God forbid that happen because I am on the wrong path. If, if that is going to happen to me, right? But you know, the other way to look at it, the way that I see one selling one's soul is this: betraying one's own morals, betraying one's own self of integ uh, self integrity. Um, betraying one's own scruples, uh, betraying what one stands for, right? Selling out to something you don't believe in. So, Mr. C, would you go third party if the Republican party just was totally unsalvageable, was just totally unable to rectify the wrongs and the rhinos that are now included in that party? Would you do that, Mr. C.? I had a very striking idea sitting on the throne earlier today, and the idea was this, and it has directly to do with the 2024 midterm elections. It has to do with President Trump, because obviously, President Trump um, did the best work any person has ever done. In an effort to restore the Republican Party to what it once was, a party of law, a party of the people, a party that observed the will of the people, respected it and represented it as statesmen, not as politicians. Um, no No other president, no other politician, no other statesman has ever done a finer job than President Trump did in trying to restore the Republican Party. And at the end of the day, or maybe I should say at the end of the first term, that Republican Party, which he brought back to a state of grandiose respectability and honor, filled with hope and filled with an idea that we could really do something here, filled with the idea that they, the Republican Party, who has been a rhino entity for who knows how long, was finally back on the side of the people. And just as President Trump was restoring the power to the people, he was restoring the people's party back to the people. But at the end of that first term, that party, that very same political party that he restored faith in by way of the people, betrayed him. They stabbed him in the back. They betrayed the people they represent, allegedly. They betrayed the constitution that they are to protect. The Republican Party either needs to be reformed by way of draining its swampiness or it needs to be abolished. Okay, so I know those are very strong words, aren't they? Very, very strong words. And, uh, you know, it's because of President Trump that many of us here are even affiliated, associated with the Republican Party. I mean, I, I started with the Republican Party myself. That my My first ever, you know, getting into politics, you know, first party I was ever part of was the Republican party, you know, um, coming from an apolitical family. That was my choice out the gates because I was doing my research, my homework. I was trying to figure things out for myself. And that is where my values lie, you know, with that political party. So, you know, I never had to walk away from anything as a gay Hispanic, Male, never had to walk away from the Democrats, never had to walk away from the progressives, never had to walk away from the LGBT crowd, political party, never had to, you know. I already identified where my values aligned, you know, and that was back in 2007 or eight, And I joined up with the political party known as the Republican Party because the candidate whom I, aligned with more closely than any of the other candidates on the stage at that time was Ron Paul, a known libertarian, right? So uh, do my values closely align with the libertarians or the Republican Party or the independents? Good questions. We all know what the scheme has been when it comes to elections and political parties in this country. Because of that singular entity with two wings, a left and a right, a blue and a red, a Republican and a Democrat, that they so cunningly renamed Democratic, right? Because everyone in this country is Democratic, even the Republican Party is Democratic. But the Democrats are not Democratic, because they steal elections, right? They still... So they can't be democratic. That That is the entire antithesis of democracy, to steal an election. But let's not get cut up on party lines, because let's not forget, the Democrats committed fraud on the front of House, okay? The front of House. Who is managing the back of House, do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Now, With that said, everyone knows for years and a day prior to President Trump being elected as the Republican president of this country and restoring the Republican Party at least for four years to good, uh, good sights and good visions with the people of this country that the election system was set up to exclude the third party. We all know this. I don't think I even need to recall this for everyone. And, uh, you know, with president Trump, assuming the role of a Republican president, there was no need to worry about a libertarian or an independent or constitutional because we had a candidate who had assumed office and he happened to be a Republican. Now, That would beg the question, had President Trump run as a third party when he first got into the presidential race? Do you think he would have stood a chance? Do you think that the way the system is rigged to exclude the third party, that he would have been pushed aside? Or do you think that the people would have heard him and they would have gone to him in whatever third party he was leading. Now, that is the question that I beg to ask, because as we approach 2024, and as we move well beyond 2020, and we're still trying to fix and rectify the election fraud that took place, the theft of our elections in a soft coup against this nation, the people, and the Constitution— this whole other idea opened up to me. Yeah, I think really good on the throne guys. Like that's where I get my best thoughts, right? And I thought, you know, if we cannot defeat the Republican Rhinos and we cannot defeat the election fraud, because those rhinos who are managing the back of house for election fraud in this country, as I think 2022 primaries have well displayed. Now, you might be saying, well, how did they display that, Mr. C? Well, you know, my first thing would say, look at Pennsylvania, okay? Look at how Pennsylvania's Senate race with Mehmet Oz and Dave McCormick, so easily fit the mold of the 2020 election in general, right? It was election day plus seven in Pennsylvania. No, no, no. Actually, it was election day plus what? 14. And it's not even been, it's not, now, now McCormick has conceded, but it has not even been certified. So, With that said, I guess the uh, Pennsylvania Senate race is still up in the air because let's not forget a judge also ordered them to count the ballots that were unlawful. Yeah, that was a Republican race, ladies and gentlemen, that mimicked so well the presidential election that the Democrats stole in the front of House. Well, it looks like Thanks to the 2022 primaries, which ultimately, as I am seeing as my Garland Favorito moment, as my silver lining as to why we haven't got crap done about 2020 and we're already halfway to 2024 is because perhaps 2022 is going to put the Republicans in the front of the House. Perhaps 2022 is going to force them, all of the Karens of the Patriot parties, all of the Karens that are the American people to say, I need to speak to your manager. Who's working back of house for this election fraud? Oh, it's the GOP. Oh, it's the Republicans. I need to talk to them. Well, we'll have a story tonight that illustrates again another GOP race that may be riddled with election fraud, and if we're paying attention and if we're reviewing our notes and taking new notes, we might realize that indeed the Republican GOP party, or the Republican GOP, is in fact complicit and also inclusive in that election fraud. Now, I might be jumping to conclusions here, but typically when I jump to conclusions, the story ends well, ladies and gentlemen. And I just have this feeling, guys, I just have this feeling in my bones, guys, right down to the pit of my stomach, that something is going to be revealed from this. Now, you can mark my words or not, I wouldn't recommend you take it to Vegas, but um, well, you guys will see when we get there. You guys will see when we get there. It's coming out, ladies and gentlemen. And so the question to ask is, if we cannot defeat the rhinos before 2024, if President Trump realizes that they are as fraudulent and as treasonous and as despicable as those deplorable Democrats, will President Trump possibly run on a third party ticket? Because I think that would be the ultimate, the ult. you want to talk about ultra? That would be the ultimate, ultimate day of recognition For the uniparty system with the two major parties, the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, who have done nothing but defraud and commit heinous acts of unlawfulness and of disobedience, uh, a lack of loyalty and treason against this Constitution and the will of the people, those who self-govern, who are remembering now that we self-govern and we are relearning what self-governance means. It means we got to take matters into our own hands. It means that we have to hold people accountable. It means that we have to do the paperwork. It means that we have to get our hands dirty. It means that we have to be involved. And I think that would be a great day of reckoning, ladies and gentlemen. Really, I do. How else are we going to defeat the two-party, uniparty system? How else would President Trump show the American people and show the establishment that we are awake and we understand? Could you imagine what that could look like? Now, President Trump obviously ran as a Republican because that is, again, the timeless party of the people, you know? It is what represented us at the founding of this uh, country, you know, and uh, it it serves it serves to um, it serves to uh, it serves to reason that, you know, there are very valid points to running as a Republican, you know, for President Trump, Uh, because obviously, just like Ron Paul, Ron Paul had to run as a Republican, even though he has libertarian roots, because there was no way he was going to make that stage if he had run third party. But I do believe that there are enough people out there. Sorry, I, I froze out a minute. I do believe there are enough voters out there. There are enough wake Americans that if President Trump made a move like that, you might see a mass exodus from the two-party uniparty system and the Republican Rhino party. (laughs) My face looks funny frozen. Anyhow. Yeah. The Republican Rhino party. It's just crazy guys that that thought came to me today. And, uh, I don't know, I'm just tossing it out there. I'm just throwing it out to the universe guys. That whole thought, right? How else would we just wreck the establishment? Do you think? than if President Trump were to make a move like that. What if it were a necessity? What if he had to run third party? What if somehow the Republicans managed to disqualify him? I mean, look at what we have going on on Thursday. You know, on Thursday, what do we have? We have this whole uh, sham, uh, you know, unselect committee hearing for the false flag riots that took place on January 6th. Hypocritical in terms, right? Just everything that they're doing about that. Uh, um, positioning it in prime time just to make sure that it gets the most exposure. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, it would draw a lot of attention. Uh, Not just from Democrats, obviously, but also because Republicans and conservatives are going to be curious about the proceedings, you know, so I guess we'll just have to see how that happens. Who knows? Maybe out of this uh, J6 committee hearing sham thing, they'll find a way to uh, kick Trump off the Republican Party. I don't know. And then you will have to go rogue and run third party or something like that. I don't know. You know, I have other suspicions about this whole primetime J6, uh, you know, Thursday, 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 tune in on pay-per-view to, uh, the January 6th unselect committee false flag, right? Hearing, right. Um, you know, because with everything else that is in motion right now, And I'm, you know, I'm thinking about like the gun thing that's in motion, you know, Uh, because not only have we had a surplus of um, mass shootings, right, was like two or more people, I guess, by uh, um, a Democrat standards, two, two or more people. It's considered a mass shooting. You know, I was talking with my mom and she was like, Did you hear about what happened in Pennsylvania? And I was like, No, what? Because I honestly hadn't heard. And she was like, Well, three people were shot and, you know, whatever happened, whatever happened. And I was like, Oh, I was like, Yeah. She's like, um, You know, it's getting real bad out there. And I said, Well, did you hear about what happened in Chicago this past weekend? And she was like, No, what happened? And I said, 28 people were shot in Chicago this past weekend. And um, I said, but the thing about it is in Chicago, that's normal. Like you're talking like a dozen or more people are shot every weekend for like the past what? Four or five years? And uh, she was quiet. (laughs) And I said, you know, that's a pretty good question. Don't you think, mom? I was like that no one is uh, telling you about Chicago, but you're hearing about Pennsylvania, right? And I was like, in Philadelphia, they actually have a a numerous amount of shootings there as well. But I guess because this one was uh, like at what? A football game or a graduation or something or a party, it needed to be spoken about in order to push more of those, uh, gun confiscation laws, gun grabbing laws, uh, gun control. Oh, that's what they call it. Not confiscation or grabbing my bad gun control, right? Um, so, you know, with that happening, you know, and all the shootings, but then what is the flip side of that? We have several states that are finally waking up to what concealed carry and permitless carry. Now, you know, we want that, obviously, as people who are law-abiding citizens that would rather have nothing more than to be able to protect ourselves with uh, appropriate equipment for that which confronts us in the real world. Because let's not forget, guys, and I know the audience in general here doesn't forget this, um, lawless individuals will acquire guns either way, okay, regardless of whether or not there are laws on the books. And uh, some people just cannot seem to get that through. I mean, it is simple logic, you know. For every other crime out there, right? There, there's a there's a law that says you shall not steal, and yet what do they do? They steal. You know, there's a law out there that says you shall not murder by any means. And what do they do? They murder these lawless people. So if there is a law that says you cannot have a gun, do you think they're gonna obey you? But that does not seem to get past this really thick temple skull that they have. It does never get past the blood-brain barrier. And it just, you know, falls flat on the floor like uh, someone spit in their face. Sometimes you want to just spit in their face. But nope, 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 nope. We're not going to do that because that is also harassment, okay? We can't get caught up on those harassment charges now, can we? So, you know, with these, it's like this confluence of two separate and opposing entities, guys. We have mass gun shootings obviously being propped up somehow. And you call it the media. Say, say that these are just organic, naturally occurring shootings, right? They have nothing to do with the Democrats rigging or, you know, influencing or whatever. We just have the media really pushing it. And then we have the ability for law-abiding citizens to arm themselves and do so concealed or without a permit. And it's happening in more and more states, which is a good thing. But when you have this confluence, right, of mass shootings and, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, free-range gun-toting patriots and Americans, and then you also have the media and the Democrats... And the left-leaning, far-left progressives, communist socialists, all of them, just doing all of these things to piss people off. Like, I don't know, run out of baby formula, maybe. You know, uh, uh, Roe v. Wade, maybe. Uh, you know, all of these, like, all of these micro-aggressive, yeah, I said it, micro-aggressive instigations, right? Just these little tremors that they keep on pushing here and there. You know, it's going to get to the point that they're going. Well, what they're trying to do is they are trying to provoke a gunfight with the first shot coming from a conservative or a Republican or a patriot or an awake American or a make, a make America great again patriot or a Trump supporter. That is why I slammed the hammer down as fast and as hard as I could on Dark MAGA because that was a trap. It was a space station, ladies and gentlemen. It was a space station. It was a trap. It was meant to it was meant to wrap us up in some type of meme, type of hashtag, some type of labeled identity that once they had pushed enough up our buttons and some patriots just finally had enough. Yay. Well, you know, that was dark maga. And you know what the other thing about that was, guys? Think about this also. Think about what is going to happen to the general public. And I'm not even talking about awake Americans. I'm not even talking about patriots. I'm not even talking about Trump supporters. I'm talking about General Joe and Jane Asleep American. When they find out what all of those shots and injections and inoculations really did, And what it did to think about the Oklahoma shooter, right? Tulsa shooter in the hospital because the doctor could not fix his back pain. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. By the third visit, he was he was toting guns and he was firing. He was intentionally there to rid that doctor of his life for the lack of a job that he did. On him personally. Now, if a man who cannot get over his own pain and has just flung the responsibility on the doctor, and you know, maybe the doctor was responsible. I don't know. And I'm not saying he wasn't, and I'm not excusing the shooter either. But if that man did that over pain from a doctor, over three visits, on the third one with guns, what do you think asleep Americans are going to do when they find out the truth about? The vaccines when they are finally pissed off because they get it you know there's some type of uh pandemic agenda and i was just asleep to it the whole time and now i'm like wait 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 we're on the third pandemic we're on the 10th or 12th round of shots i've had enough of this that ladies and gentlemen is the point and that's scary because it could happen but you know what Dark MAGA, oh, and let's not forget Snake Venom, right? Because, oh, those crazy patriots, those Q-nutholes, you know? They believe in Snake Venom, and uh, they believe in uh, they believe in um, uh, Pope vaccines, and they are anti-vaxxers. And uh, it makes sense that they would go and shoot up a hospital because, after all, they're Dark MAGA. Do you see how all of that kind of comes together when you look at it a certain way? I don't think I'm reaching, and I don't think that I am... Um, what is that thing called? Where you uh, you you uh, identify uh, just on bias, right? My own personal biases do not reveal to me this possible reality. I just think that, you know, why not throw it out there, right? Why not throw it out to the universe? Not to create it, but to defy it, to prevent it so that people can think around it. You know, that's why we're ultra now. We're not dark MAGA, we're ultra. Because <laughs> God, you know... You know, I mean, I I get it. The Punisher is great, right? The Punisher, right? But you know, President Trump is not the Punisher, okay? He's not the Punisher. We are not instruments of karma, okay? That is the universe's job, not our job, okay? It's not our job to invoke, create, or instigate, or manipulate karma. That is the universe's job, okay? President Trump is not the Punisher. He is merely the vocal piece. So anyways, guys, Just some thoughts I had going through this brain of mine. Um, January 6th, Thursday. I don't know if we're going to air it here on the C-Report. I haven't decided yet. I mean, it would make for a really easy night. I wouldn't have to put a report together. You know, I could just uh, sit back, relax, and watch the proceedings with you guys if y'all wanted to do a watch party or something like that. Um, I mean, I guess it would be... I mean, it is it is an important thing, right? So we can see, it's just like the Trump impeachments, you know, so we could see how much, uh, how many lies uh, that they spread and uh, all their deceptions uh, or whatever it is that they're gonna say, you know, whatever evidence that they have um, against uh, President Trump and uh, everyone involved, I don't know. So I'll think about it. You know, I got a day to think about it, whether or not we're gonna go ahead and broadcast that here live on the Sea Report, or if we're going to have a regular show, I haven't decided yet. Um, but you know, with all of this talk that I've just gone through with the guns and, you know, the dark MAGA and uh, Patriots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys probably heard about this one, right? What is this? What do we got here? The Department of Homeland Security. Why is the Department of Homeland Security popping up on this, uh, what did I do? My bad. Hold on. Let me fix that real quick. I don't know how I did that. Oh, I know how I did that. That's an interesting banner. Like those are very specific states for the Department of Homeland Security to be issuing terror advisories to, right? (laughs) Anyhow. uh, Yeah. The Department of Homeland Security issuing a new terrorism advisory. Now through November, 2022. Now we were just out of a terror advisory not long ago. If not, it just continued. If you guys recall, uh, they had actually issued a terrorism advisory uh, the last six months. And it had to do with what? Far right, right extremists. Mm -hmm. So they can put us in a, you know, a nice little labeled package and uh, scare everyone with it. Let's see what this advisory says, guys, because it behooves us to know, since we're probably named in here, undoubtedly anyone who's a Trump supporter or a conservative or someone that just doesn't see it the way of the Democrats, the progressives, the socialists, the communists, and the liberals, the left-leaning liberals. I like to, you know, distinguish the difference there. (laughs) It says, uh, summary of terrorism threats to the United States. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment, as noted in the previous bulletin, and several recent attacks have highlighted the dynamic and complex nature of the threat environment. In the coming months, we expect the threat environment to become more dynamic, as several high-profile events could be exploited to justify acts of violence against a range of possible targets. Now, ladies and gentlemen, just like we did with the last terrorism advisory threat, I want you all to look at this document in this manner. This is the Deep State Department and the Department of Homeland Security and whomever controls them telling you their plans, okay? This is, this, this is how I read a document like this. They are telling us their intentions and their plans because obviously, they have no objective reason to claim that right-wing extremists are going to try and commit violent acts of 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 um of activism, right, or or to uh, invoke a coup or an insurrection. Because that has been their story all along. That has been their narrative. That's been their propaganda. That's been their big lie. That's been what they fall back on, right, in order to uh, make themselves appear to be some... That's how they project. It's their modus operandi. So that's the way I read these. Please, ladies and gentlemen, read this with me that way as such, okay? It continues... These targets could include public gatherings, faith-based institutions, schools, racial and religious minorities, government facilities, and personnel, U.S. critical infrastructure, the media, and perceived ideological opponents. So, uh, yeah, well, thank you for letting us know your list of targets. Deep State Swamp Creatures. Threat actors have recently mobilized to violence due to factors such as personal grievances. Oh, like uh, my back is hurting and the doctor can't fix it. Reactions to current events. Oh, like uh, I'm pissed off about something Um, like uh, Roe versus Wade. (laughs) And I mean, not that they're going to hold any of those activists accountable for uh, breaking a federal law and uh, storming a United States Supreme Court's um, domicile place of living. And adherence to violent extremist ideologies. But wait, I thought you guys did not include BLM and Antifa in that group, DHS. Including racially or ethnically motivated or anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremism. Now, you know, you would think that uh, Antifa and BLM would fit that bill. But you know who fits that bill even better for the DHS and the deep state and the swamp creatures? Um, Let's read that one more time racially or ethnically motivated or anti-government anti-authority violent extremism well the first part of that sentence extremist ideologies including racially or ethnically motivated okay do you know who fits that bill perfectly for the deep state do you know what entity fits that bill perfectly for their agenda Outfits like America First with Nick Fuentes, who is uh, trying to save white people, and uh, he's all about the white people. He His program is geared towards white supremacy. I mean, he uses those words himself. And it's so easy to identify, um, um, I I don't want to use the word shill, it's so easy to identify an operative outfit, okay, when what they are doing is so destructive towards the cause, okay? Look at what he did to Senator Wendy Rogers. He told, I mean, that was a hit, and I gotta say, for any operative working on the live stream interactive internet activity networks, you know, He actually score a winner. I wonder how much he got paid for getting her censored, okay? I wonder how much that little pipsqueak made, okay? And not that I'll ever see the receipts, not that I'll ever see the tickets, you know? Not that I could ever pour gravy on that steak, and I wouldn't anyways, because I like mine bloody, right? But that is an operation, okay? When you have something that is so destructive for the whole motivation of what we do and what we stand for right and restoring the republic and then has a hack name like america first now granted you know maybe nick fuentes created america first before it became a thing right because it didn't really become a thing until president trump was like america first you guys remember the speech right that's when it took off and this little kid was just uh, smart enough Uh, Not even smart enough. Maybe that was his intention. America first, right? Um, And then someone was like, hey, kid, America first. Why don't you uh, come on over here to uh, this dark alley with me? I got a proposition for you. Uh, You want to be part of a club? Okay, well, maybe you won't be part of the club, but we will let you stand in line, right? We just need you to do X, Y, and Z, you know? Now, you know, I know I have no evidence other than the fact that this guy is openly about white supremacy. And now I get why Media Matters goes, he's such an easy target, but he he also plays a part and a role that they need in order to demonize and vilify conservatives republicans trump supporters make america great again supporters america first supporters undoubtedly okay and his last name is fuentes he's not even caucasian and operation hello and nobody seems to see it i mean actually i don't think anyone in my audience pays attention to it but look at what he did to wendy rogers guys Look at what he did to her. I don't think that she was part of a big scheme or a big, a big fix or you know some type of, uh, some type of ruse. The whole time, Wendy Rogers was going to get censored, right? By her handlers, they, Wendy Rogers, you're going to get to a point where you're going to get censored when this uh, little guy named Nick Fuentes comes along. Just go with it, okay? Just read the words that we tell you to read in your, in that speech that you gave, Wendy Rogers, because I don't think she wrote that. She she name-dropped America for Snake Fuentes far too many times for her to have written that herself, okay? Anyways, I don't think she was part of a fix. I don't think she was playing the American, awake uh, Americans, the Patriots, the Trump supporters. I think that was a hit, and he was successful, right? Snake Venom, right? Snake Venom. Anyways, okay. Everyone over there is nice and cozy with Mick Fuentes and Alex Jones and uh, Milo Yiannopoulos mm-hmm. and and Baked Alaska, a known a known operative for the federal government, right? I mean, we went through this, you know. We went through this already when we covered, you know, January 6th and all the operatives that were there that are not getting rolled up. Has Baked Alaska been rolled up? He was on camera. Everyone knows his name. He's over there on cozy with the rest of the operatives. Mm. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, uh, I can totally see the uh, racial and ethnically motivated extremist ideologies Maybe they're not adherent to violence, but Nick has talked about violence on his show before. And uh, maybe they're not anti-government or anti-authority. Oh, but wait, I think that they are, you know, and they brandish Putin proudly just because it pisses people off. Not because he's fighting Nazis, you know, if you guys have ever seen that show, he really doesn't talk about much there at all. Anyways, I'm just saying I'm done, you know, so here I go. All right, let's finish with this uh, terrorism threat advisory. It says here, uh, threat actors have recently mobilized to uh, violence due to, oh, we want to revisit that line. Anyways, foreign adversaries, including terrorist organizations and nation state adversaries also remain intent on exploiting the threat environment to promote or inspire violence. So discord or undermine U.S. Democrat Tick institutions, pardon me. Uh, We continue to assess that the primary threat of mass casualty violence in the United States stems from lone offenders and small groups motivated by a range of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances. Duration. Uh, It will expire on November 30th, 2020. And uh, let's see here, additional information, several recent violent attacks by lone offenders against minority communities, schools, houses of worship, and mass transit have demonstrated the dynamic and complex nature of the operations that uh, three-letter agencies and the Deep State Department and the Department of Homeland Security run against Americans. Individuals in online forums that routinely promulgate domestic violence uh, extremism and conspiracy theories are typically paid government operatives who are um, conducting internet interactive activity to create the illusion that awake Americans are the ones who are actually promulgating domestic violent extremism and conspiracy theory-related content. Okay. All right, we're just gonna we're just gonna read right through the, the the lines there, right? We're reading in between the lines here, guys. Okay. So uh, it says that these individuals have praised the May 2022 mass shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, and encouraged copycat attacks. Now, I have not read any of that type of stuff, but again, I guess I don't hang out on the same online forums that uh, the deep state and the globalist departments do. Others have seized on the event to attempt to spread disinformation and incite grievances, including claims that it was a government-staged event meant to advance gun control measures. The suspect in the grocery store attack in Buffalo, New York, in May 2022 claimed he was motivated by racist, anti-Black, and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, Often referred to as the Great Replacement. Oh, there's another, uh, there's another Nick Fuentes thing. The Great Replacement or White Genocide. Nick Fuentes says White Genocide is real. I don't care what you say, it's real. These theories. Do you see how he fits into that puzzle piece so well, and how he, uh, how that connecting puzzle piece just drags in all the Make America Great Again, America First, Patriots, Conservatives, Republicans, etc. Yeah, perfect, right? And not only is he doing that, but since he is of a younger generation, he's also influencing the younger generation of America First to be a certain way because they think he's right because he gets uh, paid so much or whatever. Anyways, enough about him. Um, He's gay also. Anyways, so enough about him. Uh, It says here, uh, uh, let's not forget though about this Buffalo shooter, right? Wasn't he like some uh, eco-fascist Um, socialist individual, right? Let's just make sure we throw that in there since um, DHS forgot to mention that. These theories claim that minorities, multiculturalists, and a ruling elite are deliberately threatening the existence of the white race. The alleged 2019 attacker at a Walmart in El Paso, Texas Um, The same attack which Beto O'Rourke laughed at during his press conference cited similar grievances and inspiration for the attack, even though he killed nothing but Mexicans. How many white people do you think he shot? Oh, wait, never mind. I'm totally in reverse. Okay. Uh, The alleged 2019 attacker at Walmart killed Mexicans because they're taking white people's jobs. And both the Buffalo and El Paso attackers indicated they were inspired by the 2019 attacker of two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand. A violent attack in May 2022 in Laguna Woods, California, targeted congregants of a church that serves the Taiwanese community. The attack killed one individual and wounded five others. According to the lead investigative agency, the suspect also placed Molokov cocktail-like devices around the church and secured the doors with chains and superglue. Never mind that that, uh, wasn't he Chinese, right? (coughs) He wasn't white. But they can't put that in there because then they would be racist, wouldn't they? Hmm. In April 2022, an individual wearing a gas mask threw two smoke canisters. Are you not going to mention that he was black? A black American wearing a gas mask threw two smoke canisters and opened fire on a New York City subway during morning rush hour, resulting in injuries to dozens of individuals. And they all were Asian. If you guys saw that video of the real, it's like everyone that was coming off that train was Asian or of Asian descent. Interesting, isn't it? I guess it was the neighborhood, right? Following the shooting, a number of pro-Al Qaeda and ISIS users celebrated the attack, which remains under investigation. Now you notice the two events that um, dealt with minorities, people of color, very, 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 very few lines in those descriptions, right? But all the ones with white people, oh, it's like paragraphs long, paragraphs long. I think that our government might be racist, guys. I think they just might be racist. The continued proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding current events and could reinforce existing personal grievances or ideologies, and in combination with other factors could inspire individuals to mobilize to violence. Some domestic violent extremists have expressed grievances related to their perception that the United States government is unwilling or unable to secure the United States-Mexico border, and have called for violence to stem the flow of undocumented undocumented migrants to the United States. The only person I know that's called for violence against the Mexicans is Mr. Garrison from South Park, right? He said, can we kill all the Mexicans? Anyways, we assess that there is in... Oh, maybe the landowners, okay? Maybe the landowners as well, but I'm not condoning it. But if I had... You know, a thousand illegal immigrants stomping across my ranches and my lands, I would probably feel endangered, you know? You don't know what they're gonna do. You don't know what kind of weapons they have, you know? You don't know their intentions. They might be like wanting to squat on your property, right? Oh, just just north of the border, I found me a brand new ranch home, right? Thousands of acres, hundreds of acres. And they could never, they never suspected I was that close. It says here, uh, we assess that there is increased risk of domestic violent extremists using changes in border security related policies and or enforcement mechanisms to justify violence against individuals such as minorities and law enforcement officials involved in the enforcement of border security. Given a high-profile U.S. Supreme Court case about abortion rights that uh, rose to the surface rather conveniently, individuals who advocate both for and against abortion have, on public forums, encouraged violence, including against government, religious, and reproductive health care personnel and facilities, as well as those with opposing ideologies. They're not even mentioning that it is the uh, um, pro-choice... It's the pro-choice side of things that are um, encouraging violence and especially against opposing ideologies. Mm -hmm. As the United States enters midterm election season this year, we assess that calls for violence by domestic violent extremists directed at democratic institutions, political candidates, party offices, election events and election workers will likely increase because the amount of evidence about the fraud that occurred in 2020 and how we stole the election is coming to light and it might piss some of them off. Foreign adversaries remain intent on exploiting the dynamic threat environment to sow discord, undermine US democratic institutions and promote or inspire violence by their supporters. Oh, 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 you mean Russia remains intent on exploiting the dynamic threat environment to sow discord, right? Russia, right? Foreign adversary. Come on, deep state. We know you mean Russia. (coughs) You can't mean China because Biden, right? Following the January 2022 hostage situation at a synagogue in Colleyville, Texas, ISIS and Al-Qaeda supporters released statements celebrating the hostage taker for bringing attention to the issue of a federally convicted female Al-Qaeda supporter and suggested the event could serve as inspiration for future attacks. Foreign terrorist organizations will likely continue to use online platforms to attempt to inspire U.S.-based individuals to engage in violent activity. I would say you're right. All of those euchro-Nazi refugees that you brought over here or that you let cross the southern border, yeah, they're going to commit acts of extreme violence. Oh, but then you know what? These euchro-Nazis are white. So it's just going to go back to the patriots. They're just going to be like, let, let, let's let put some makeup on that Hitler tattoo that you have, and they're going to be like, NINE! I am not a woman! I am not gay! I am not homosexual! And then they're going to be like, but, 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 and they're like, well, can we at least cover it with, like, I don't know, a Confederate flag? bandana or something and they might go for that these Nazis, but they're they're caucasian you know uh, they're they're not people of color so i'm sure that they would just use the ukranotii refugees that refugees that actually they're not refugees they're more like what uh stowaways right uh, against you know uh, conservatives and then they'll be like we told you those conservatives were fascists and hitler lovers look he's got a hitler tattoo <laughs> Oh, man, I could just see it happening now. Right. Anyways, uh, in April of 2022, ISIS released an audio message announcing a new global campaign of attacks to avenge the deaths of the group's deceased leader and spokesman. The message called on ISIS supporters to carry out knife and vehicle ramming attacks in the United States and Europe. The pro-Al Qaeda Malahem Cyber Army released the third issue of its Wolves of Manhattan magazine in April 2022, which focused on the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. The magazine encouraged supporters to travel to Ukraine to acquire training and weapons to use in attacks against the West. Oh, joy. Do you see what else the globalists and the deep staters have done with this whole Ukraine thing? They're they're now going to be training Al Qaeda. And ISIS, I mean, we train the Nazis. The Nazis train Al Qaeda. I guess you know they pass it forward, right? They pay it forward. Uh, that's that's the phrase, right? They pay it forward. Oh. Joy, ladies and gentlemen. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are one hundred percent listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From ninety-nine cents per month to four ninety-nine per month to nine ninety nine per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report. And thanks, y'all. Uh, it continues this terrorism advisory. Um, From the DHS, Chinese, Iranian, Russian and other foreign malign influence actors have sought to contribute to U.S. internal discord and weaken its focus and position internationally. These actors have amplified narratives that radicalized individuals have cited to justify violence, including conspiracy theories and false or misleading narratives, promoting U.S. societal division. In recent months, Russia and other actors have also amplified conspiracy theories alleging U.S. responsibility for the Russia-Ukraine crisis and claiming U.S. support for bioweapons labs abroad. Some of these actors have used these conspiracy theories to justify calls for violence against U.S. officials and institutions. Now, First of all, I don't know anybody who is against Ukraine that has called for violence against US officials and institutions um, you, you, do you see how they just so they just so cunningly planted this little seed here so if you talk about bioweapons labs in Ukraine paid for by the United States and the uh, Pentagon then you my friend are not only a conspiracy theorist but you are also an extremist an ideologist and you must be dealt with. you know that means they're going to shut down the creport.com because I have an entire article about that point exactly. And I'm sure many uh, everyone else does too. I and mean, we're all going to go down the same chute in the end, I guess if they if they have their way. As the United States 2022 midterm elections approach, malign foreign actors could bolster their message to sow discord and influence audiences in keeping with practices during previous election cycles. It goes into how they're responding. DHS and the FBI will continue to share timely and actionable information and intelligence with the broadest possible audience. Uh, that includes sharing information and intelligence with our partners across every level of government and in the private sector how interesting we conduct uh recurring threat briefings with a private sector and state local tribal territorial and campus partners including to inform security planning efforts dhs remains committed to working with our partners to identify and prevent all forms of terrorism and targeted violence and to support law enforcement efforts to keep communities safe. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, They have the Office of Intelligence and Analysis, the FBI, the National Counterterrorism Center. Uh, They release and update uh, behavioral indicators of extremist mobilization to violence. Uh, DHS's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the very agency that defrauded America, that assisted in stealing the vote that owns Dominion and uh, basically tells them what to do, from what I understand. And isn't it funny that Trump is the one who created that department and they totally betrayed him. And, of course, first, the American people. Anyhow, so CISA, CISA, like a big old CIS agency, uh, they will work with government and private sector partners about critical infrastructure, soft, soft target facilities, public gathering places, uh, to enhance security and mitigate risks posed by actors of terrorism and targeted violence. Uh, the center for Pre- the DHS Center for Prevention Programs and Partnership will educate and train stakeholders on how to uh, be crisis actors. no, how to identify indicators of radicalization to violence. <coughs> Um, Let's see here. Uh, The Homeland Security Grant Program resulted in at least $77 million taxpayer dollars being spent on preventing, preparing for, protecting against, and responding to related threats. The DHS's Nonprofit Security Grant Program provided $250 million in funding to support target hardening and other physical security enhancement to nonprofit organizations, NGOs, at high risk of terrorist attack. Uh, DHS remains focused on disinformation that threatens the security of the American people, including disinformation spread by foreign states such as Russia, uh, the Democrat National Committee, um, the American um, legacy media, China and Iran, or other adversaries such as transnational criminal organizations and human smuggling organizations, never mind the human smuggling organizations that make up our American legacy government and it gives you resources i'll i'll leave that to you guys to look up the resources Uh, but you can find this at dhs.gov if you are so inclined to search it out (coughs) i'll leave that up to you all ladies and gentlemen of the audience and what a fine audience it is ladies and gentlemen all right, guys, well, that was our open at an hour and five minutes. I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't worry, we have plenty of stories and we'll move through them. I think, as quickly as possible. Now, uh, let me just jump into chat real quick because I have not paid a lick of attention to you guys for an hour. I apologize. Here's where I begin. Hey, Sean Joe, what is up? Raven 2000, what is Dark Maga? Anyways, I was busy during those weeks when it came out. Um, Raven 2000, this is no shameless plug. uh, Go into my Rumble account and I have a clip that explains Dark Maga the way that... Things are explained here at the C-Report, okay? And uh, it tell you, it'll tell you all about it and what it was meant to do, in my purview anyways. But uh, the Rumble um, Mr. CTV page, it's clipped out. It's probably like on page three or four, going back into it. It's like a good 20-minute clip, you know? Uh, but it explains everything. And I think I think that you'll enjoy it very much, Raven Two Thousand. And thank you for being ultra (laughs) and not dark MAGA, right? Uh, Two Rivers, what is going on? Libtards of Texas, don't think, just do as you are told. Well, you know what? I would say uh, a majority of the Republican Party here is like that too. They are as libtarded as the libtards, right? Which is worse because um, they call themselves conservative, but they uh, vote for Cornyn, right? And they vote for... Well, you know, I don't really believe that Abbott, you know, maybe Abbott did win the primary election, but I do not believe he won it by the margins that he won it by, by the percentages that he won it by. No, 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 no. And it was worse in another state. We'll get into that a little bit later. Aurelius Locke, what's going on? You have to play it, Mr. C. I don't want to increase their ratings too much. Oh, ha ha ha! Okay, I got gotcha. you. He's talking about the uh, the J six uh, false flag riot witch trial. Okay, Aurelius, that is a good that is that is good reasoning. That is sound reasoning, actually, because all of us would be individually watching it somewhere else or um, on their networks. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I imagine everyone. On this platform, we'll probably be airing it live. Where will you be that night, ladies and gentlemen? I'll be hopping into every one of the channels to see where you guys are at, okay? (laughs) It's a promise. Uh, Well, I hope you guys join us here. I mean, we usually have fun times during watch parties. Everyone else is playing, right? (laughs) Right? Right? (laughs) Anyways, uh, let's see here. Uh, Yes, a dog and pony show. It will be indeed Sean Joe. Uh, let's see what else we got. I, I need to move along through these, uh, much, 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 quick, 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 hello, hello, everybody. I shall name off new names as I see them. I know there's more of you guys out there. I, and that have actually been in the chat as well. It's just, Khaleesi2020, good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. I think I saw Casual GG 17 here as well. Um, so good evening to you as well, my friend. Yeah, isn't it funny? Milo, Alex, Jones, um... There's a whole group of influencers that spawned out of Alex Jones. I mean, who's been on his show, right? I mean, Pete Santilli also spawned out of Alex Jones. I'm just saying. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying he did. Okay, he did. That's where he got his uh, his momentum anyways. Uh, Mike Adams. Um, I, the list can go on and on. People be like, Millie Weaver. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. Dave Knight, right? You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> it's true. But, uh, well, at least in my opinion, it's still, their, their case is still open. It's not shut like Alex Jones's case is shut. Um, I won't even go listen to him because he has information that's accurate. Like I said, I'm done, right? Okay, uh, let's see. The Speak Easy is in the house. Good evening, the Speak Easy. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. Actually, I think you were the first one to comment. You were were number one in the chat room today, if memory serves. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, let's see, what else do we got here? Awakened Mom and Jet Rover. Good evening, good evening. Good to see you all. All right, guys. That'll have to do for now. Let's go ahead and move off, push off into our report. We have some President Trump statements to start, obviously. We always got President Trump statements to start. So let's hop to it. Don't delay. <coughs> First statement from President Trump goes this way. Twitter is loaded up with bots and fake accounts. Why would any, anybody want to buy it, especially for $44 billion? What bank would be dumb enough to finance it? Elon better get back to watching his electric car business. Lots of competition. Don't give the radical lefties who have done so much damage to our country a windfall profit. Let Twitter rot in hell. I think I read that one yesterday. (laughs) I think I read that one yesterday. I think I meant to read this one. My bad. Truth is hot. Twitter is not concise, meaningful, ample, a master of words and phrases. No, just kidding, guys. Um, I'll just say, guys, you know, because you guys know I've been going so hard on Elon and you guys don't think I don't read the headlines. You guys don't think that I don't read those really, really well-placed public relations articles about Elon calling out the CIA and Elon calling out George Soros and Elon, Elon, Elon. Yes, I do. And I appreciate it because he is waking up an entire section of millennials and Generation Zs that are totally asleep, like right? Um, But he still has to put in his time before I trust him as someone who says they are who they are. Okay, you know, because he's he, he shown us who he, he is after all this time. And now he's something brand new. And my soul says, hey, welcome to the team, brother. Turn that leaf over. Seek your redemption. But you're still on probation. Okay. So just so you guys know, in case anyone is out there, did you hear that Elon is uh, calling out the CIA and he's talking about spying on Americans, Mr. C? You see, he's a good guy. <laughs> he hasn't put in his time yet. He's still on probation. Okay. My mind's not going to change. All right. Um, But good job, Elon, bringing that to the attention of the young ones. They need to hear it. Okay, next statement, President Trump. Billions and billions of dollars is being pulled out of New York state. Our corrupt attorney general must act now and do something to stop this from happening because it is simply not sustainable. Now, is he talking about the corrupt AG of New York? No, right? (coughs) Because she's the one who's... Causing uh, a lot of that um, to occur, you know. I mean, after all, she's not going after the criminals, the murderers. She's going after President Trump. That's where all of her attention, energy, and life focus is on President Trump. And it doesn't seem like there's any DAs worth a hoot in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The billions and billions of dollars being pulled out of New York, just like the jewelry and the Hermes purses and the Prada shoes are being pulled off the shelves by hoodlums. I get it, President Trump. I totally get it. Now, I threw this one in here. It's actually not from President Trump, but it is from President Trump. Uh, Liz Harrington, President Trump says... One day voting and paper ballots, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Whoops. One day voting and paper ballots, Pennsylvania. You know, Jet Rover 17, I get it. Guess what, Jet Rover 17? Alex Jones woke me up also. Believe it or not. Yeah, he sure did. But that does not excuse him for being an operative. That does not mean that I should forgive him. Oh, you know what? Maybe I do forgive him, but I'm not turning the other cheek because when we forget, we don't acquire wisdom, okay? And we, we repeat the same mistakes, okay? He is an operative. I don't care how many people he woke up. That was his job, okay? His job was, why do you think Alex Jones' assignment was to wake up Americans? You know what? He didn't wake up Americans. You know what he did? He assisted in identifying Americans who had the capacity to be awake so that they could be identified, targeted, and marked. That is what the job of Alex Jones was. It's just like all of the uh all of the operative uh, influencers as well. Their job is to identify all of the Americans who believe in Q, who support Trump, who are conservative, or maybe to identify the genuine organic individuals who care to share information across a live stream. So this way they could put their thumb on them and be like, look, they came on my show and I own them now. How much money do I get every time I appear on their show or they appear on my show? And can I influence them into going along with what we're doing instead of just being an organic individual who's genuinely concerned with sharing the truth as well as they can see it? So Alex Jones' job was to identify Americans who had the capacity to wake up that's a totally different perspective on that isn't it huh I mean I don't know if that makes people think any differently about Alex Jones waking people up but if his job was to identify for the deep state and the globalists who the Americans are that give a damn well Alex Jones did a damn good job didn't he thank you Jet Rover 17 because I'm gonna roll with that one from now on he didn't wake people up. He identified awake Americans for the deep state to tag them. Mm-hmm. How do you think about that, guys? Oh, not too good, right? Not too good. Yeah, they serve on multiple levels, these operatives and these influencers. Okay, they serve on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm telling you guys, get right down to it. Alex Jones will do exactly what he did at the event I was at he led us to the mountaintop and then once we got there he skipped to the back and he just joked around with uh the guards and the uh the uh the politician handy boys there he didn't even participate in what we were doing okay he just yelled 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 and once we got inside i was there once we got inside the capitol i have pictures right he was just in the back hanging out laughing and joking and having fun and chewing gum right yeah there's our, there's our ferocious leader, right? Ready to tear down the doors of the, uh, the Texas governor's office. Mm, no, they let him in. <laughs> he didn't have to tear down any doors. Nope, not at all. Okay. So let's move on to our report, guys. We're talking about elections. We're talking about elections. Now today, uh, I don't know how many of you all are aware is primary day for several states in our, uh, union. Uh, we got California primaries, we got Iowa primaries, we got New Mexico, we got Montana, we got South Dakota, we got Mississippi and we got New Jersey, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you guys didn't know. Now, a lot of these competitions um, they're not they're not the hot topic, you know. Uh, not many people are like, "Ooh, I mean, I don't know how many people are really talking about you know, the primaries today." I mean, Raise your hand if you knew there were primaries happening today. I almost missed it, honestly. Um, There is a particular race that I am keeping an eye on, and I'm sorry I can't say the same about the rest of the states that are having elections today, but we don't want to ignore them. We want to make sure that we acknowledge the fact that some of our brothers and sisters across this nation are engaging in their civic duty, and hopefully things are going well. Uh, let's check this article out. Voters go to the polls Tuesday with seven states hosting primary races. Primaries are taking place in Iowa, Mississippi, New Mexico, California, Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota. Voters are going to the polls Tuesday to cast ballots in primary races in California. We just read that. Okay. The uh, Democratic U.S. primary, (laughs) sorry, The Democrat U.S. Senate primary race in Iowa between frontrunners Abby Finkenauer, a former congresswoman from Cedar Rapids, and retired Navy Admiral Mike Franken is among the closely watched races. The winner will likely take on longtime Republican Senator Chuck Grassley. Republican State Senator Jim Carlin is running against Grassley in the GOP primary. In California, Democrat Senator Alex Padilla is favored in a crowded field to win the special election to finish out the last few months of his term, as well as the separate election for an additional six year term. Padilla was appointed by Governor Gruesome Gavin Newsom when the then Senate Kamala Hills Up Harris took office as vice president. The top two winners face off in November for the full six year term. Harris vacated her seat when she uh, sharded and uh, needed to go change her granny panties. Newsom, a Democrat, faces several challengers in his reelection bid. He is expected to win after surviving a recall vote last year by way of massive voter fraud. Um, and uh, this is because of the way he handled the pandemic. Apparently, everybody in California loves the way that he handled that pandemic. Right. There was no fraud in the California recall elections. right. The two top two candidates, the top two candidates in the race, advanced to November election. In the Los Angeles mayor race, Uh, Rick Caruso, an ex-Republican running as a Democrat, has been gaining... Isn't that the one that Elon Musk endorsed? (laughs) A Democrat? I thought he was voting Republican. Anyways, has been gaining support in the homestretch of the campaign. Democrat Representative Karen Bass is still leading in recent polls, but Caruso is not far behind. The race could be headed toward a runoff in November unless one of them breaks 50%. As with other mayoral races this year, voters appear to be looking for candidates willing and capable of getting tough on crime. Also in California, Representative Young Kim, a a freshman Republican who narrowly won her seat, is running against several candidates. Retired Marine Colonel Greg Ratz, who currently represents the 39th Congressional District, is the top candidate running against her based on the latest polls. There are five Republican candidates running in the GOP primary to take on Democrat Representative Mike Levin, a member of the Congressional Progressive Caucus who represents the 49th District. Brian Marriott, uh, a businessman who previously lost to Levin, is the front runner heading into Tuesday. Among the most closely watched races in New Jersey is the GOP primary to unseat representative Josh, uh, Josh Gottenheimer, a Democrat leader of the moderate problem solvers caucus. Doesn't sound like they've solved many problems over there, except uh, the problems of the constitution. Nick DeGregorio, a Marine Corps veteran is a in solid position before election day in South Dakota, Taffy Howard, a Rapid City State lawmaker, is running to unseat GOP Representative Dusty Johnson. (laughs) What kind of a name is Dusty Johnson? I don't know about you guys, but I sure not would want a Dusty Johnson. Anyways, I'm sure that guy has been through the mill with a name like that. Anyhow, uh, Taffy Howard. Taffy Howard is not much better, right? She could have been like... Taffy Davenport. Anyways, uh, Taffy Howard's looking to unseat uh, Dusty Johnson in the state's at-large congressional district. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem is running for re-election. Representative Steve Hoggard, former Speaker of the South Dakota House, is running against her in the GOP primary. How dare you, Steve? How dare you? The winner runs in November against Representative Jamie Smith, the Democrat minority leader in the legislature. The GOP gubernatorial primary in New Mexico is another race to watch. Candidates include former TV meteorologist Mark Ronchetti, state representative Rebecca Dow, Greg Zanetti, Jay Block, and Ethel Mayarg. Uh, Ronchetti and Dow are leading in the polls. The winner will run against Democrat Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham in November. Hmm. Very good, very good, very good, ladies and gentlemen. (coughs) Very good. So that is a brief rundown of what is going on today. Those are the races to watch. Let me tell you about the race that I'm watching, ladies and gentlemen, in the state of California in regards to the Secretary of State, okay? Now, that's a race to watch. Now, you guys know all about the Secretary of State. You know how important that position is. You don't know how lucky... States like California and Arizona and Georgia are that actually get to elect their states. You know, I mean, their secretaries of state. Whereas, you know, states like Texas and Pennsylvania, they get appointed. You know, they get confirmed, but not by the people, uh, by the very rhinos that run the government, at least if you're in Texas, right? Anyhow. Anyhow, so watching the California—it's the Sea Watch California Secretary of State primary election. Now, in this election, we have uh, a candidate, who an America First candidate, um, who is a member of the Secretary of State coalition that is headed up by Jim Marchant. Now, so far, the Secretary of State coalition not doing too well. Uh, They lost to Georgia. But they still have Michigan, right? And so we'll have to see if uh, the candidate that is America First, that is a member of the Secretary of State Coalition for California, uh, one woman by the name of Rebecca Hamm, uh, how she will fare in the GOP primary for Secretary of State. There are four other contenders for the office. Uh, let's take a gander california's secretary of state has a wide range of responsibilities in handling elections and ensuring they are fair and accurate uh there oh there are seven oh there are seven candidates but five of them i believe are uh gop Anyways, there are seven candidates vying for the California Secretary of State seat in the June primary. The position oversees elections for the state and the counties, and there has been some mistrust and criticism facing the election system in recent years. The role is held by Shirley Weber, a Democrat who was appointed by Governor Gavin Newsom after then Secretary of State Alex Padilla was appointed to U.S. Senator following now Vice President Kamala Harris's stinky departure. Weber is a familiar face to San Diego and is hoping to keep her seat. She served as an assembly member and on the San Diego Board of Education. She's the only Democrat running and took the job vowing to boost civic education and voter participation. There are four Republicans running the Republican Party of California did not endorse any of them. What does that tell you about that assembly, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, Rob Bernoski, a Republican corporate businessman, says he wants to simplify voting by having voters register only with the county registrar of voters and not the DMV. Rachel Hamm is a conservative podcast and YouTube host who is calling for voter ID requirements and to eliminate mail-in ballots. She is in favor of absentee voting. However, I'm so surprised that they gave her a fair nod. Because if you guys were to go and research Rachel Ham, dozens and dozens of headlines. Cue a non-conspiracy theorist, Rachel Hamm. Jesus told Rachel Hamm to run for office. Rachel Hamm is running so that the witch does not kill her son. I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, when they're talking about Rachel Hamm, I am quite surprised that this legacy um, article uh, gave her a fair nod. Candidate James J.W. Payne is a Teamster truck driver supported by the Tea Party California Caucus. He did not respond to NBC7 request for comment on the race. And Raul Rodriguez Jr. is a retired warehouseman who told NBC7 he wants to eliminate drop boxes. There's one Green Party candidate, Gary Blenner, a teacher who says the office of Secretary of State should be a nonpartisan role. Then there's one independent candidate, Matthew uh, Cinquanta, Cinquanta, who told NBC7 he wants to eliminate electronic voting machines. Every registered voter in the state should have already received a mail-in ballot, and drop boxes are open through June 7th. So there's a little bit about the Secretary of State race in California. But I would like to share with you guys a little bit more about... Our candidate, our America first candidate, Rachel Ham. Now, <laughs> as I just stated, she has received a lot of flack. Now, I'm not going to deny that, you know, some very curious things come out of her mouth, right? For the very same reason that I don't talk about aliens and I don't talk about Bigfoot and I don't talk about, you know, the one-armed man, Right? Uh I, I would advise people be yourself but learn the value of being able to self-edit. Not censor edit for every time there is a proper time, right? <laughs> How does that saying go? <laughs> like uh any, something about the right time, guys. There's there's a there's a time for everything, including talking about witches trying to kill your son and whether or not Jesus was in your closet when you went to go pick out an article of clothing that morning and he told you that you needed to run for secretary of state. Now, saying something like, God called me to this is one thing, but saying that Jesus was in your closet is another. So right away, guys, you're probably like, Mr. C, you really support this person? Well, you know, now she's being supported by the coalition, I support the coalition. I support, you know, Christina Caramo. I supported um, Jody Heiss. I support, you know, um, I support, I support, i um, um, uh say Catherine Hamm. I support Rachel Ham for crying out loud. And, uh, you know, she's, uh, she again is, is a candidate that is America first, but she's just said very colorful things. Okay. So anyways. That's not necessarily the part of her I wanted you to get to know her. I probably just stripped any confidence you had in her away and probably made myself look like I just lost a little bit of integrity. Here is an interview that uh, was performed between, between she and uh, Jordan Conradson of the Gateway Pundit. I thought I would share with you guys. Probably saying like, Mr. C, why would you share information about this candidate on election day? Aren't you a little late? Nah, well, you know, better late than never, ladies and gentlemen. It's not my race to vote. And again, guys, again, vote on election day, right? Maybe that's the reason why we didn't watch this interview before. Right. Anyways, let's check it out. I'm Conradson with the Gateway Pundit. I'm here with Rachel Ham, the America first candidate for um, secretary of state in California. So, um... California, it's a cesspool of voter fraud what are What are your plans to fix the state?
1: Yes, it is. Thank you for acknowledging that. In fact, Alex Padilla, our old Secretary of State, said that california he was proud that California had set up the voting systems that the rest of the country emulated for the twenty twenty election. Wow. So I really believe that we actually like started the whole idea of voter fraud in California, and yes. that we taught the rest of our comrades how to do it. So I'm not obviously not proud of that. But um, there are several ways that I want to fix that. First of all, I know that the machines are hackable. And I have proof of that. And I have talked to the people who have hacked them. So I, I think there's no way that we can move forward with an honest election if we have all the machines that are in cur- currently in place. So that's one main thing. I think that it's common sense that we need voter ID. Most Americans, both left and right, agree that we need voter ID. Um, you know, so there, there's some things that I would be able to do as Secretary of State, and then there's some things I would have to really advocate for, you know, because they'd have to go through the legislature. And that would be one Um, And then I also want to do a a hand count. You know, I think small precincts are important instead of these big voting centers. We need to go back to small precincts where at a local small level, you can count the the ballots. I would like to also live stream that. I think that would be just a brilliant way of causing everyone to get to have an eyes on um, situation where it's like an audit in real time, where I think even maybe multiple cameras multiple ways of streaming in case one goes down where you can tune in to your precinct on election night, which I do think should be just one day, election day, not election month. Um, One day voting where you, at the end of the day, can tune into your precinct and watch the live stream with the camera actually showing what is on the ballot, who was selected, and you can see in real time it being counted. Now, of course, that would take small precincts. You can't do that if there's millions and millions of votes that are being counted, but you can if we go back to the small precinct level and and idea, and I think it would cause cause people to trust the elections again. Most Americans, again, both left and right are are concerned about our elections. I actually am hearing from Democrats right now, which is very interesting Mm -hmm. about the recall election because they said, hey, you're running for secretary of state, so I wanted to reach out to you and let you know I'm a registered Democrat. All my friends are registered Democrats. And we all voted yes to recall Newsom, but supposedly he won by this landslide. We really suspect that something's not right. And so this is a Republican issue. You know, um, elections should be neutral, should be, you know, just giving us an honest vote, not swing to the left or to the right. And so that's some of the ways that I would like to help accomplish that.
0: All right. That's great. And I, I understand you're the only Republican in your primary. Can you tell us about your race?
1: Yeah. So, um, there was one other running and I, a little birdie told me that that's getting ready to change. So that's very exciting. I will be the only Republican running unless someone else jumps in, you know, it's still kind of early, but at the same time, I already have so much momentum. So I think it would be not a great decision for someone to jump in the race at this point. And so I think my chances of making it through the primary to the general are really good.
0: All right, Can you? Um, so you have an uh, election integrity hearing tomorrow, much like the one we had here in Arizona to kick off the Arizona audit. Um, can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so I'm part of a, an, a, a coalition of America first secretary of state candidates. And something that, that we have noticed as we've met each week is that we, we're so frustrated, so tired of hearing people say, especially the media, you know, saying there's no proof. There's no proof that there was anything wrong with the election. And that's so frustrating because we've seen the proof. We've met with the people who've hacked the machines. They've showed us how they've done it. We have read the unredacted affidavits. That means somebody signed under penalty of perjury. In other words, I will go to prison if you discover that I am lying. They signed about... The things they had seen on election night in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Arizona, these, these states, Nevada, these states that were so crucial and where we're hearing there's no there's no proof, there's overwhelming evidence. Proof isn't our problem. Um, An honest judiciary is a big part of our problem. You know, cases being thrown out for no good reason, for reasons that are are suspicious, honestly, um, especially some of the, the cases where there was so much evidence and they would throw it out because, oh, you don't have standing, you know, well, if we don't have standing as concerned citizens that our election has been stolen, who does? Well, they would say, oh well, only a candidate does. Well, yeah. there, there was just a, it just felt like it was a game, like whatever, whatever we would do, they would have some way of, of usurping that, that remedy for looking into what happened. So So there's been a lot of blocks. There's obviously a very strategic and intentional attempt to keep the truth from coming out. And it's very, very concerning because if we don't have an honest republic, I mean, if we don't have an honest election, we don't have a republic. We don't. This is the illusion of freedom if we don't have an honest election. So we're doing these events all over the country to bring the proof to the people, to talk about what is actually happening in our election since you're not going to hear it in the news. And then also help them understand what they can do about it, because I believe that the Calvary is coming, and it looks a lot like you and me. It is us that is going to save our country. No one that's in an elected position is coming to save us. Okay, they've already proven that. So it's us that are going to need to fight this this war and and take our country back, get our elections back. So that's what we're doing with the events.
2: That's the truth. We need to stand up. We need to just present the evidence, plain and simple uh thank you very much rachel
1: thank you for having me i appreciate jordan
0: awesome cool 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 so there is uh rachel ham guys not so bad right not so bad a little flighty but you know she, she 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 has a clear understanding about things right and you know gotta say that i really do agree with her on that last part there uh, ain't nobody going to save us from these stolen elections. Ain't, ain't no politician, ain't no elected official that's going to do a damn thing about it. Because look at what the back of house managers known as the Republican Party did for us. Nothing. They did nothing but deceive us and betray us. Ultimately, they be- deceived us and betrayed us. Does that mean that I'm un-American because I don't agree with the current status of the Republican Party? No. In fact, I think it's more American than anything to oppose the Republican Party for what they have done to us and to this country. I mean, some people say that the the Republicans actually manage the Democrats and tell them what to do. I don't know about that. I, I mean, I cannot see that deeply into the concept, but Masters of Deception... The rhinos are okay. Anyway, so that was a pretty good, a pretty good interview. If I do say so myself, actually, we'll keep that on the screen for a minute. Cause, uh, I wanted to jump into, I wanted to jump into the chat real quick, just to acknowledge you. Hey Tam Tamgirl, thank you for the can. Much appreciated. Good to see you Tam Tamgirl, Renew Tome. Good evening. Welcome. Welcome Dixie. How are you doing? Glad to have you in the audience today looks like i riled some things up in the chat room <laughs> i actually wanted to like comment on some of these uh points here um let's see here it says here <laughs> tam okay i'm late so you're saying aj <laughs> you're saying aj is a big piece of you know a pos already knew that mm-hmm. that's why that's why you you got that's why you got High marks in this uh, in this audience, Miss Tamgrowl. <laughs> uh, Raven two thousand says I was at the Capitol and saw AJ when he was speaking the first time and got gassed. I never thought of that angle about Jones. So okay, so I don't know how many of you guys. Okay, so speaking of the Capitol, are you talking about January sixth, um, Raven two thousand? I'm not sure. I was there too, but I was I was not there on the fifth on that Tuesday because incidentally. I uh, missed my flight, and where I should have arrived at, like, noon, I ended up getting there, like, closer to three or four. Had I arrived in D.C. on Tuesday at noon, I would have been at that rally, which was the Alex Jones-Ali Akbar shill operative rally, right, where they got all of their operatives together, and they, they, they uh, you know, pumped everyone up just so they could get them on camera for J6 committee, right? Okay. So, um, that would have been interesting if I had been there. I don't know what that would have been like, but anyhow, uh, Jones was at that one. Now I recall clearly, and I've seen the video where Jones is telling the people, we got to go to the Capitol. Let's go to the Capitol. Like he said it. Okay. Then I saw a clip because that's about as much as I can take of him. That's as much as I am willing to give him. I give him no quarter. I'll give him a millimeter, okay? Like in the last five years, I've seen like two clips and all of them have to do with Trump and Q, right? He hates Q, he hates Q people, he hates Trump. He says F Trump, right? I don't know if you guys have ever heard him say that, but uh, I've played it on the show before. Well, actually it was on a See in the Dark episode. Uh, And um, In, in, it was a recent clip I had seen where he was going in on Q again. And which, this is another thing I don't understand about people who are Q followers but still love Alex Jones. Like, how do you marry the two when the guy who woke you up is in direct conflict with the entity that's going to uh, save the Republic with you? Or help assisted in that awakening? You know, talk about... Talk about AJ awakening more people. Who do you think woke up more people, AJ or Q, right? That's why AJ hates Q. He stole, the, they stole his thunder. They stole his base. They stole everything that he was working towards being a self-centered Hillary Clinton operative, okay? So, ooh, those are strong words right there, right? Hillary Clinton operative. Anyway, so um, anyhow, so in a recent clip, when he was going in on cue, he said, and I told him, don't go to the Capitol. It's a setup, don't go there, don't go there. And I was like, you lying piece of Alex Jones. Like I have seen the video where you are telling people, Trump is, Trump, he said Trump is marching to the Capitol. We gotta go, Trump is marching, he wasn't there. Trump and Jones, but he said that Trump was going to be marching to the Capitol. And it was him and Roger Stone and Baked Alaska and Ali Akbar and all of the other little operatives, right, that have been uh, pulling the wool over the eyes of America. I don't care that Roger Stone is your friend, okay? How much do you think you have to pay Roger Stone for an interview, huh? I'm sure there's some people that you could ask that question and they might know the answer. And they'll give you an hour of their time, and as soon as that clock hits 59.59, they're gone. Guaranteed. Anyways. Okay, so yeah, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting thought there. I just had to share that with you guys, because I saw that. I seen the two sides of him. I met him a few times, etc. It was nothing... The only thing I remembered from that was how he was just joking around in the back of the room with everyone that was working at the Capitol. And not representing right i guess it's because it wasn't being filmed for his show anyhow <clears throat> let's see here uh mom says good explanation of alex jones i started watching him he was real good at the hyper influencers uh his he's in it for money deliverance the movie deliverance he would not do well <laughs> And uh, Raven is sharing an experience as well. Raven says, I was at the Capitol and saw AJ when he was, pass- when he was speaking the first time uh, and got gassed. I never thought of that angle about Jones. Oh, that you mean he was there to uh, identify and tag the Americans who have the capacity to be awake and do something about it? That's like 3D chess. Not 5 or 10D, 3D chess, right? It's like 201, you know? There's there's multiple layers to these operatives, okay? That's what his job was. You know, I also saw a clip. I saw a clip of him in 1999 on New Year's Eve, okay, telling all of his listeners that Russia had fired missiles, nuclear missiles at America and that they were on their it was totally like uh, what was that? The HG Wells War of the Worlds like that. He was on, he was on his he was not joking. He was not, ah, April Fool's on New Year's Eve. He was not joking. He was just losing it on the air, telling everyone in his audience, which I'm sure were hundreds of thousands, if not millions. It's 1999. It's like, what, three years in for him? Telling them all, Russia just fired nuclear warheads to America. They're on their way here now. You need to get to the basement. You need to get to a bomb shelter. The end of the world's coming now. Russia's doing it now. Like, literally, it was serious, guys. It was serious. Now, I was not a listener of him at that time. I just saw a clip, okay? I don't know what the outcome of that was. I don't know what. I don't know what was the point of that. I don't know if he was trying to provoke something. I don't know if he was trying to cause a mass hysteria. I don't know if his handlers were trying to gauge the amount of influence and control he had on his audience at that point. Because sometimes they think they do things like that just to see where their audience is with them. Will your audience really go along with uh, your uh, Russia scare, Jones? Let's find out. Let's see how much influence and control you have over your audience. Let's try this. Right? It's a PSYOP, a psychological operation, ladies and gentlemen. That is a true PSYOP. You know, it's not like Mind Warfare. Mind Warfare and Alex Jones would be something more like, I don't know, um, using Trump, using Trump against you. Because, uh, or, or, you know what, the Constitution or the Republicans, something that is deeply held in our beliefs, right? And finding a way to manipulate that and to influence That would be a way of doing it. Like, uh, Trump has betrayed the Republicans! And everyone's like, what? You know, and he goes off on everything. But he hates Trump. Like, he says it. He breeds it. He says it. He means it, okay? I don't know how anyone could listen to his show knowing that he... Maybe they don't know that. Maybe you guys don't know that. Do I need to play it again? Do I need to play the... I have... There's a documentary about the entire operation of InfoWars, and how all of them are operatives. And you know, uh, wh- who's the name of the guy that is his, his executive producer with the hair? I, I used to know all of them, right? I used to know all of them. Um, what is his name? Uh, he usually, wh- he, has, he looks like a hippie, right? You, someone say his name in the chat room. That guy, his uncle works for the CIA or the FBI. Like he literally has family that works for the government the agency establishments and actually do do rob do and and they say that rob do is actually jones's handler and do's family is known to work with the FBI or the CIA and the only reason they found out is because when Sandy Hook happened, they sent one of Jones's um, reporters. He was, in, he was one of the new reporters, right? When Millie Weaver came on and David Knight came on, this other dude came on. I can't remember his name, but he was a big, fat, bald dude. And everyone liked him and, you know, they liked him. So they hired him, right? It was prior to Jakari Jackson. And he was, in, he, was in, he was in Sandy Hook doing interviews for InfoWars. And then this guy comes up and starts asking him questions. And he says, "Oh, you know, I'm with the CIA or FBI. My name is so and so. Do right, and the reporter, and, and bless his heart, because he 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 really comes off dull. But you know, you know how it goes when someone is underestimated. They're the ones that make the connections." quicker than anyone like someone would have just been like oh it's nice to meet you uh, uh agent do right and he go- he on camera he goes oh your name's do du- you know we got a guy that works it infowars his name is do too <laughs> busted busted okay busted <laughs> anyways okay guys enough about jones and his outfit of uh this decept- de- deceivers right that's what they are. They fooled us all, you know what? And somehow everyone still sucks on his teats, even though they want to restore the Republic. Do you guys really want to restore the Republic? You, got, you, you still believe in the Constitution? Do you really believe in the Constitution? I mean, you listen to Alex Jones, come on, right? You know, It's gonna get to that point, guys. That's the point I am at right now. Join me, why don't you? I am at that point, you know? Um, the next thing I need to do is go kinetic. No, that doesn't mean get violent and go physical. That means I need to get out there and really take my civic duty seriously. You know, you know what that means, right? That doesn't mean getting a gun and going over to town hall or to, you know, the Capitol. That means, you know, putting my money where my mouth is and putting my foot where my thoughts are and actually doing something like running for office or something like that. That's what I mean by getting kinetic, okay? So just to clarify for all of you uh all of you uh d- um department of defense or whatever uh d h s terrorist advisors that's what I mean by kinetic, okay, so calm your pants down all right there ain't no guns kind of come blazing out of these saddles, ladies and gentlemen, okay anyhow, great conversation y'all, great conversation um let's see here. <laughs> aj was invited to the grove snuck in my ass <laughs> oh my goodness you guys are hilarious aj's a fisherman yeah aj took his audience swimming on international save the children day at barton creek uh, barton creek in austin did not care to cover human trafficking okay did not care to do it okay guys all right <laughs> let's go ahead and get on with this. No, not Schroyer. Schroyer, who shares the same bed with uh, uh, Ali Akbar <laughs> Alexander. Okay, okay, guys. Let's continue. Let's let's press on. We are gonna move out of California, California. And we are going to move on to our next topic of discussion, having to deal with this man. You guys remember this man? Oh, this man. He almost received the biggest snookering of snookerings, ladies and gentlemen. This is America First candidate Robbie Starbuck. And as you guys might recall, he and the rhino turned Democrat deep state agent that Trump endorsed. I don't remember her name, right? Uh, uh, were both booted off of the Tennessee primary ticket for the same district. And everyone in the America first, make America great um, side of things was like, President Trump, what are you doing? What are you doing endorsing this um, deep state operative? Really, Trump. (laughs) Anyways, everyone was on the side of Robbie Starbuck. I totally get it. It's not, I don't have a horse in that race, obviously. Because that would be in Kentucky. No, just kidding. Uh, But yeah, so good news is uh, Robbie Starbuck has been admitted back onto the Tennessee ticket for their primary happening in August, if I'm not mistaken. So that's exciting. Let's take a look. There's Robbie Starbuck at CPAC. Article goes this way, Robbie Starbuck was ordered to be placed back on the Republican ballot for the August 4th primary in the 5th Congressional District in Tennessee after a judge granted his request for a temporary injunction on Friday night. Starbuck had previously lost a request for an injunction in U.S. District Court, but was granted the injunction by Chancery Judge Russell Perkins in Davidson County Chancery Court. Perkins ruled that Tennessee's Republican Party violated the state's Open Meetings Act by voting 13 to 3 against his Tennessee Republican bona fides at a closed meeting. Ooh, a technicality. All uh, all other appropriate public officials are expected to immediately take steps to treat the defendant's April 11th, 2022 decision as a nullity and restore plaintiff Robbie Starbuck-Newsom Oh! I don't think I knew he was a Newsom. There are some family names you just don't trust. But, um, okay, okay, okay. I understand that his wife is an activist against child and human trafficking, okay? I like the cut of his jibe. Even though the Newsoms are directly related to the Pelosi's, I will not draw that much attention to it. Also known as Robbie Starbuck... (laughs) Do you think for a minute that he would be successful going by the name Robbie Newsom? Robert Newsom, right? Running for the 5th Congressional District in Tennessee. Did not stand a chance because of his, I don't know, great uncle twice removed, Gavin Gruesome Newsom, who ran California into the ground <laughs> and locked down um, the people of his state much harder and much longer than any other state in the Union. Hmm. Interesting choice of names there, Robbie. Tennessee Republican Party Chair Scott Golden told the Tennessee Star Saturday that the party would appeal the decision. Starbucks' lead attorney, Eric Osborne of Nashville's Sherard, Rowe, Voight, and Harbison had argued the case in front of Perkins on Thursday, requesting the injunction based on the state law portion of the prior, of the prior suit including an open meetings claim against Tennessee's Republican Party. During a call with Mr. Starbuck in March, the uh, TRP, Tennessee Republican Party, first indicated its meeting to decide the merits of the complaint against him, which would eventually take place on April 19th, 2022. It would be public. The suit claimed, however, just days before the April 19th meeting, the Tennessee Republican Party informed Mr. Starbuck he could participate by Zoom, but it would not be a public meeting. And in fact, within 24 hours of that meeting, the TRP informed Mr. Starbuck that his representatives could not join him if he attended. And ultimately, on the day of the meeting, the Tennessee Republican Party, rhinos in the State House, told him he could not participate either. Um, Let's see. Starbuck tweets, Breaking. We did it. We won our court case. The court has instructed the Tennessee GOP to tell the state that their decision to kick me off the ballot is invalid. Tennessee needs a fighter. And we've proven with my relentless pursuit of justice that I'll be the fighter Tennessee needs. Lastly, Starbuck continues. I want to make clear that when I say we won, I mean you, me, my family, justice, goodness, free and fair elections, and most of all, faith won. Faith guided me against all odds and advice. I trusted God and we won. Tennessee's not Cuba and voters will decide our election. Trump backed Morgan Ortega's. Oh, there we go and Baxter Lee were also removed from the ballot by the Tennessee GOP on the same day. In mid-May, District Judge Waverly DeCrenshaw, no relation to Dan, I'm sure, denied Starbuck's request for an emergency injunction based on federal law and instead sent that lawsuit to a magistrate judge. Starbuck had filed the case against Golden Tennessee Secretary of State Trey Hargett and Tennessee Coordinator of Elections Mark Goines. Not groins, goines. In his ruling, Crenshaw, not related to Dan, said that there was a question whether Golden was a state actor in his position as GOP chair. He also said that the court was not in charge of the GOP's executive committee following its own rules on the votes to remove Starbuck. And the others from the ballot, and said that a new state law limiting which can a limiting which candidates could run for the position, was irrelevant. After Hargett said it could not be enforced because it became law after the candidate filing date. Huh, interesting. That law is subject to a separate suit, which Crenshaw, not related to Dan, cited on behalf of Ortega's in front of Judge Eli. Richardson. So if you are Tennessee kin, ladies and gentlemen, you might have your candidate back. Now he could use a haircut, right? (laughs) There goes Robbie Starbuck. All right, guys, let's get to the topic du jour, right? This This is the main entree right here, guys. When we're talking about Republicans, being the back of house fraudsters in elections, okay? When we're talking about 2022 having to go this way so that we could expose the GOP for being the backstabbing, treasonous betrayers of America, the people, the constitution, and the republic that they are, okay? Because you know what? They did nothing. They did nothing. Not a single one, maybe five of them, maybe five Republicans out of every state house and on Capitol Hill did or said anything about the fraud that happened in 2020. And now that all of the evidence is coming out, they're still refusing to look at it. And how many of them have you heard talk about 2,000 Mules? A documentary that is sweeping the nation across party lines and waking people up to what happened in 2020, not just election fraud, but specifically 2020, not a single GOP or not a single rhino. Rhinos don't know how to say 2000, rhinos don't like mules, right? Or maybe rhinos do like mules. I guess we'd have to ask Dave McCormick about that because uh, they're still counting the ballots. Hmm. Okay, so what I want you guys to consider as we get into this story, um, there are, uh, there is a, uh, how do you say it? There is a, um, there is a method of theft uh, that is going to be illustrated in this story, okay? Uh, it's very similar to what we already know, which is this, remember? Remember this. The, um, the machines, okay, create a digital number of fraudulent ballots, right? By being hackable, by being remotely um, 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 interfered with, by manipulating the data, the machines—that is the digital imprint. That's then they go, "Oh, we're going to count the digital ballots. Oh, we're going to we're going to look at the numbers." Blah, blah 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 blah. And then, unlike we've ever seen in these United States of America, at least we've never seen it because it was not—it was not pronounced enough. Because I'm pretty sure that this has been happening for a long time in this country. In fact, we have another story coming up that will illustrate that point to a fact, that they've always been stuffing the ballot boxes. They've always been doing it, but the election of 2020 pronounced it so much, it accentuated the fraud so well, everyone was forced to see it and everyone that did not see it did not want to see it or just didn't care. So, the machines do the digital fraud, and the ballot dump supports the number on the machines. That way, when they do their audits and their recounts, things match, okay? Never mind where they got the numbers from. That's, that's an entirely different... That, that's from a satellite somewhere in space, right? Okay. So, uh, this story that's coming out of the Gateway Pundit actually um, describes that process... They name the process, um, I think they name it like the dump and roll or the drop and roll, you know, uh, I think that's what they call it. Well, we're going to look at the video that they, they have um, that illustrates how it works, okay? Uh, which is the same idea, same idea. You got your digital dump and you got your ballot dump, okay? So, for in the case of Georgia and in the case of Pennsylvania, okay, clearly what we see in Pennsylvania... And I don't know if Pennsylvanians care enough to get to the bottom of it because they're happy for Dr. Oz and they're happy for uh, Sean Hannity and Fox News. Everyone in Pennsylvania, right? I, I don't know. I think I've lost hope on the Keystone Commonwealth, ladies and gentlemen, because clearly they're asleep. Okay, they're asleep. If they don't recognize the operatives in front of them, now does that mean does that mean that I'm going to separate from them and I'm not going to fight alongside them? No, of course I am. Of course we're going to fight alongside. But the point is, I don't know. I used to have a really, really, really bad problem when I was in uh, high school of being like a purist, almost to the point of being an elitist. Like, oh, stay away from me, <laughs> stay away from me. I'm just <laughs> you believe in Fox News, right? You, you're dead to me. You, you're blind. Like, I'm, I'm not trying not to get into that mode right now because I feel like that will be way more divisive, which means it'll be totally counterproductive, and I don't want to be that, and I don't want anyone out there to feel that type of an energy, but I'm just saying that like, they need to wake up, these are operatives, you know, they are working for what? Who does Fox work for? They work for like uh, BlackRock or whatever, they work for Vanguard, like they are all part of the same, how can people not see it? And that's probably the least of our problems, you know? My crying about Pennsylvanians not being awake to Fox News as an operative is the least of our problems. Anyways, so, <laughs> anyways, okay, so getting back to this, um, I, I, we witnessed a ballot dump in Pennsylvania, clearly, right? Uh, how many thousands of ballots did not have a handwritten date? And why do you think that is? Because they don't, ha- they didn't have the time to pre-fill out those those envelopes, right? So they're going to try and break the law, you know, state election law in Pennsylvania. And say, let's go ahead and take them. Well, they did actually, because that judge just ordered them to include the uncounted, unlawful ballots as part of the election outcome. So that's happening in Pennsylvania. If the people of Pennsylvania really care because they're the only ones that can do anything about it. I'm just yelling from afar here, guys. That's all I'm doing. I'm just yelling and waving my hands like wacky, inflatable, flailing arm man and Mike Lindell when he's uh, muted on Newsmask. That's all I'm doing and um i can we i cannot affect any change in pennsylvania you know you you guys aren't in pennsylvania you guys probably couldn't either but for those of you in pennsylvania if you give a damn about anything i would recommend that you probably look into election day plus 10 in your damn state like get off your ass get out from behind this go do something like go raise you could go raise hell you know that should not have happened right uh the the 2020 election Day plus 20 should not have happened in 2022, and it did, and it happened on a Republican ticket. What does that say about the Republican Party? What does it say? And who's going to do something about it? Who in Pennsylvania is going to do something about it? Who cares enough, right? Talk is cheap, right? Talk is cheap. Like, it is so cheap, guys. Do something. Now, talk about it, at least, anyways. Okay, so... Georgia. Okay. Georgia. Pennsylvania does the ballot drop. They're not looking at an audit. They're just doing a recount, right? It seems that in Georgia, they did the digital drop. Okay. So now we're going to get into it. Now that you, you, can, you can define it now, because let me tell you something. And, and the article explains it so well. There is no way in hell, no way in hell, that Brian Kemp won and won by that margin. There's no way in hell. Talk about, talk about uh, um, counting all your eggs before they hatched or whatever. Talk about getting your, your cart before the horse, because that was pure arrogance, okay? That was pure arrogance on the part of Kemp and whomever is handling his election fraud, okay? Pure arrogance, and their arrogance might be their downfall because there is no way in hell that he won and he won by that large of a margin. That was Brian Kemp and his handlers saying, ha ha Trump, ha ha ha, not only am I gonna stab you in the back, but I'm gonna throw some lemon juice on it too, like, that was bad, okay? Because when we talk about Texas, when we talk about Texas, right? I know that Abbott, he may have won because there are enough asleep Republicans here that would vote for him, okay? Plus all of his all of his uh, timing and maneuvering of events and bills and actions, perfectly timed and orchestrated, right? I don't know who writes his stuff, but someone, they are just spot on with that calendar and when to do certain things right to get the republicans to be like what well, you know i mean he is still doing this uh he did wake up a lot of people uh he 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 was right a lot about a lot of things right uh you know uh he, he never did wrong by me uh, and i only say that because the candidates that were running against abbott had a ve- they had very strong fall into all well two out of three of them had very, very, very strong followings, okay very strong followings so Abbott won by a margin that I think was insulting to the other candidates in the fix, okay because there's no way that the other three candidates all 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 um all scored at the same percentile like we're talking like eleven percent, twelve percent, thirteen percent, something like that like they were all like even oh that don't look like a fix, right? Then you get to Brian Kemp, okay, just to rub the salt in the wound. When you have a Trump-endorsed individual, candidate, okay, you would expect at least a runoff if Brian Kemp were going to win. That was arrogance. That was arrogance, and just like the election of 2020 hyphenated and accentuated um, and, and shone a spotlight down on these types of fraud, that arrogance actually signals the fraud because there's no way in hell that Brad Raffensperger won that election, period. No way in hell. Brad Raffensperger, a failed secretary of state, an astute and a, uh, a, a prominent secretary of snakes, loses against a senator endorsed by Trump Excuse me? By margin similar to Brian Kemp versus Purdue? Something smells rotten in the state of Georgia, and I don't think it's that barrel of rotten peaches, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have been waiting, ladies and gentlemen. I have been waiting to let this out, guys, because I was totally flabbergasted by what happened in Georgia, okay? Totally flabbergasted. You guys know especially that Secretary of State, and as much as we follow election integrity and fraud here on this show, as much as we've covered Georgia, we have a Georgia story almost every week, ladies and gentlemen, for this to happen. I can't believe people from Georgia aren't as outraged about this. Why aren't you saying something, people from Georgia? Why aren't you pissed off mad? You know, how could you let this fraud happen in your own state? Well, you know, I'm one to talk, because it happened in my state too, you know? But this article, I think, actually illustrates how Texas might have done it as well. So let me stop keeping you guys on the edge of your seat and let's look at the article. How about that? Ah! <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's the man who does not know how to smile and it's the little lizard boy himself, Bradford Raffensperger. Look at that. Look at camp, guys. I know it's it's hard to look at. This man looks like every time he smiles, it hurts, right? He, he That is from all of his lonely nights with Stacy Abrams, right? <laughs> the taint has just eaten away his lips, ladies and gentlemen. That was nasty. Stanky Abrams. Okay, let's get into this article. Now, some of you guys might remember this video from the Gateway Pundit that describes how they stole the election they called it the drop-in roll we actually played this video sometime last year <laughs> here on the C report it's been that long well it's coming on back up guys and guess what that's not all that's not all there's more okay so let's check this out recent georgia gop primary exhibited more patterns eerily similar to 2020's drop and roll. Oh, kind of like Pennsylvania was eerily similar to the 2020 elections as well. Oh, rhinos. Okay, it says here, uh, we strongly, this is the Gateway Pundit speaking, we strongly suspect that Georgia's corrupt Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, did not legitimately win the recent 2022 primary in the state. For one, no one liked him. But now we have proof of his impossible victory for Secretary of State. Governor Kemp's race was just as bad. After the 2020 election, we identified the drop and roll. Across numerous states on election night 2020, large ballot dumps of nearly all Biden-only impossible results were reported at nearly at the same time, early on the morning of November 4th. After these dumps or drops, we then saw all subsequent reporting of results at similar ratios of Biden to Trump votes, always favoring Biden. This was enough proof to discertify the 2020 election results in these states and call for new and safe and secure elections. I've been saying it. I've been saying it since week two on the C-Report. With all of the fraud and all of the severe mismanagement and just the severe mismanagement alone, you don't even have to put the label of fraud on it. They could have decertified Georgia last year, okay? We knew all of this election week, the severe mismanagement. We knew it all. It was documented. It was was stamped. It was notarized. It was known, ladies and gentlemen. Now, it says here. Uh, the recent GOP primaries show similar patterns in two big races. In the governor's race, incumbent GOP Governor Kemp, who is very much disliked by the GOP in Georgia, other than the elites, of course, somehow pulled off the win against Trump-backed former Senator David Perdue. But what happened during the election was impossible. At one point in the night, 2, 200,000 votes we're lost. Okay. Hold on to that thought, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to watch the video for the drop and roll. Now, is this any bit of information that you might have known about the Georgia? Did you guys know that at some point, 200,000 votes vanish? Kind of makes you wonder why, right? Think about it this way. Think about it this way. If Biden sucks so bad that they have to add thousands of ba- hundreds of thousands of ballots just to beat Trump, Um, and, uh, Kemp is so unfavorable that they have to disappear per due votes. Okay. Like, just imagine that, like, there's no way plausible that they could have gotten away with that move in the 2020, but in a local election at the state level, they could probably get away with it. Okay. Now this is so interesting guys, because. 200,000 votes were lost, and we'll get into that in just a minute. And, oh my goodness, then there is an independent corroboration of that thought, that statement, that fact. It's crazy, guys. It's like, they could totally decertify the 2022 elections based on this. Okay, let's watch the drop and roll so you guys can remember what that's all about. Here we go, guys. It's the drop and roll. Now, i tell you what I'm going to do. There's no... Uh, verbal audio. There's no words to this. It's just like, you know, little like uh, keyboard click clacks. Okay. So for the sake of the podcast audience, I will be reading along just so y'all know. So here we go. So this is from the Gateway Pundit, and this is the drop and roll. Here's how they stole the election. We caught the fraud. The drop and roll. Here's how it works. The drop, steal the Trump landslide, dump a massive number of tens of thousands of unexplained votes. The roll fix the remaining vote counts in exact proportions to keep the lead. Okay, vote counts, right? Vote counts. Uh, Georgia. President Trump was up by as much as 57% to Biden's 42%. The drop, then dumps of unexplained ballots given to Biden for hours until Joe Biden takes the lead. The roll, then for the next 53 batches of votes counted, every single vote batch had exactly a 50.05% to a 49.95% victory margin for Biden. And then it has um, the numbers as per the uh, election records. These ratios are impossible. That 53 batches all have the exact same percentages is astronomically impossible, empirically impossible, right? And that's not the only type of activity that we saw this happen with in Georgia, okay? Back in like April or May of 2021, you know, we covered the uh, voter GA Garland Favorito story where they discovered just by examining really, really bad image quality of the electronic ballots that a lot of the ballots were identical. Like we're talking like the same smudge, the same marking, the same handwriting, identical. Georgia could have been decertified a long time ago. I used to have my money on Georgia as being the first state to decertify. I really did. And then Arizona had their odd, and I was like, ooh, maybe Arizona, right? And uh, then we were kind of in, uh, we were kind of in like a lull after that. And then it became Wisconsin, right? Anyways, okay, back to this video. Impossible ratios, guys. Impossible ratios. (coughs) Uh, Michigan. Uh, President Trump leads for hours by 55% to 43%. The drop? At 6.31 a.m., 141,258 votes are dumped for Biden, the roll. Then almost every batch after 9.15's batch had exactly a 50% Biden to 49% Trump exact ratio. Almost every batch thereafter. These ratios are impossible astronomically impossible, empirically impossible. It cannot happen. Virginia, the state they called after like what? 3% of the polls were in. No one remembers that but me. President Trump leads for hours by 52% to 46%. The drop, 308,000 votes dumped for Biden in the middle of the night, the roll, Then ratios set for remaining batches to exactly 55% to Biden to 45% Trump in an exact ratio. Again, these ratios are impossible. They are empirically impossible. They are astronomically impossible. But wait, there's more. Pennsylvania. President Trump leads for hours by nearly 700,000 votes on election night. The drop, Democrats find over 1 million votes for Biden in the next 48 hours. The roll, then ratio set for remaining batches to give Trump only 40% of mail-in ballots per county compared to election day numbers. The ratios were set to steal. Dang, that's all the way down, ladies and gentlemen. That is golden all the way down. Uh, Referring to the uh, column of the percentage, identical percentage, all the way down that column, gold highlighted. These ratios are impossible. Do I need to say it? The election was stolen. They stole it from Trump. They used a drop and roll and got caught. Isn't it interesting how that was not enough, right? How that right there was not enough, but, but is it ever enough, right? With all of the information that has been shared with us, with all of the discovery that has been evidenced out, uh, it's amazing. Again, guys, rhinos rhinos okay because if they gave a damn the gop the republican party if they gave a damn they would at least hear their constituents out okay if they really were who they said they were and they're showing you who they are they've been showing us who they are the entire time and yet we're still willing to put up with them taking advantage of us, molesting us, abusing us, destroying us. They don't give a damn about you or me or anybody in this nation. They don't. The GOP, the Republican Party. I'm not talking about the one or two good ones and the president, obviously. I'm talking about the state houses. I'm talking about Capitol Hill. I'm talking about the unelected bureaucrats. I'm talking about the NGOs. I'm talking about anyone who puts that hat on and does not perform the way they're supposed to, the way they would have us believe. You would think they would at least look at this and ask a question. Let's say the state level. Okay. Forget Capitol Hill. Forget Washington, D.C. At the state level, every single state uh, house in this nation, ladies and gentlemen, every single state house is filled with rhinos, fake Republicans, fake conservatives, people who probably don't even give a damn about America because they coveted that position. They coveted the office that they currently sit in. And according to our founding fathers, if one covets the office that they assume, then they have lost the point of assuming that office. They have defiled the office with their covetousness. They have defiled what they should be doing as statesmen and representatives of the people who are who are following the voice, the will just by simply wanting to be a senator, just by simply wanting to be the mayor. They have defiled the office. Defiled it. Let's continue with the article because it gets good, guys. It gets, you think that was good? It gets good, okay? Um, So it says here, but what happened during the election was impossible. At one point in the night, 200,000 votes were lost. Lady Draza on Telegram shows these results. Here was the original reporting in Fulton County. The total vote was 243,784 and there's an advanced number of uh, 55,490. Here is what the reporting was moments later. It was a deficit of 190,000 votes uh, and it dropped down to 55,490. You can see in these graphs, the number of ballots for the candidates grew and then were reduced by 200,000 votes in the middle of the night, how again does it make sense that the number of votes anywhere at any time are reduced by 190,000? How about, how, they, how are they reduced by any amount? Okay, now this was actually shown in Otero County, New Mexico. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, because it just so happens that uh, Secretary of Snakes Maggie Toulouse Oliver was uh, coordinating with some NGOs and a Democrat operative, uh, sending out emails of uh, of the uh, the vote totals. Right, and there was one specific one. There was one specific email that was for Maggie only. And when you went back, and as a county clerk who reviews all of the vote totals, looked at your, um, your chart for the day. Uh, okay, uh, votes are going up this number, this number, this number, and all of a sudden at 3 p.m., there's a deficit of votes. Now, how does that happen, right? Was someone like, oh, 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 I, I didn't mean to vote. Let me take my vote back. And then did 190,000 mem- uh, citizens of Georgia decide to take their vote back? Is that what happened? That's probably how Bradford Raffensberger will explain it It was was an urban legend that uh, 190,000 votes suddenly went missing. There should never be a deficit in the vote totals. They should only always rise, graduate, or plateau. And when it plateaus, that means no one's voting anymore, right? Okay. So this happened in Otero County. It's documented. It's part of their forensic audit that they did in Otero County. Now, isn't it interesting that we're seeing the same type of activity and behavior in a totally different state? Could it be coordinated? I wonder. I really do. I really do wonder. So uh, let's see here. There's their their graph, guys. Perfectly beautifully displayed. The uh, deficit of votes. I mean, come on. Come on. Do you think that those votes that vanished might have been for Purdue, maybe? Do you think that the arrogance of Brian Kemp just trying to snub President Trump? Or or maybe, maybe fulfilling, uh, fulfilling uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe a personal favor for Stinky Abram, so this way he can get a personal favor. Maybe he wants her to sit on his face, right? Anyways. Ah, I'm sorry, guys. That was so nasty. Okay, so... It says, notice the totals for each candidate went up the same percent and down the same percent as if their numbers were all at a fixed ratio. How is this possible? It is not possible. It is not empirically possible. It is not astronomically possible. As Lady Draza reports, their results show that Unknown, The unknown candidate for governor's results were 5% of Governor Kemp's at all times. How does that make sense? In the Secretary of State's race, the results were more suspect. The main reason is that no one likes or trusts Bradford Raffensperger. The GOP's Secretary of State race was Raffensperger's all night where he was consistently at just slightly above the 50% mark and the total votes turned in. This too is not possible. By winning by more than 50%, there was no runoff race for either of them. Maybe not the drop. The drop is what we saw in Pennsylvania, guys, with McCormick, okay? That was the drop. The ballots physically being dropped, but the roll certainly is in place in Georgia in the most recent of 2022 primary results, and it's on a Republican ticket. This must be investigated, is the conclusion of the Gateway Pundit. And, you know, I would have to agree with the Gateway Pundit. It must be investigated. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is what was discovered by Lady Ladraza or whatever her name was, the percentages, right? And then, and then the ballots go missing, okay? In Fulton County, 190,000 of them, right? So who could have thought, who could have thought that our dear friend Garland Favorito, a voter GA, you, you know when I say when you need to have your Garland Favorito moment, what is your Garland Favorito moment? This positive, meek, beautiful soul Who's diligent, tenacious, and never gives up. Okay? This is Garland Favorito, for those of you who don't know. Okay? So, find your Garland Favorito moment. He always finds the silver lining, he always remains opt- optimistic. And in over a decade of working voluntarily for election integrity, this man has never once turned sour after the dozens and dozens of cases that have been thrown out, dismissed, uh, disregarded by the courts, by the legislature, by the governor himself, Garland has never stopped and he's never, ever once blackpilled either. This man is a man that I think people should uh, look up to as a role model. At least he is for me. Um, So Garland Favorito in a not-so-surprising turn of events... Independently corroborates Ladraza's information because where 190,000 votes went missing on the papers, <laughs> Garden Favorito went over to Cobb County and uh, one other county to witness the recount of these elections and himself witnessed them say, uh, we're missing some ballots here. <laughs> Go Garland. Okay, so check it out, guys, and watch watch the way. Oh, we're not we're not trying to expand Garland's face. Watch the way he handles them. He is just. He's just an unassuming agent of, of integrity and uh, this nation, ladies and gentlemen. Like He is like the silent assassin for uh, liberty, freedom, and the constitution and the restoration of the republic. I just, I adore this man, and I don't have daddy issues. I had a very, very healthy relationship with my father, guys, so I don't have those issues. I respect the man for who he is. Let's check it out. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecereport.com. At TheSeaReport.com, you can get more information on The Sea Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to TheSeaReport.com, that's www.TheSeaReport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net.
2: Hey, it's Colin Rita. Hey, I'm at Cobb uh, uh, Headquarters head today I here with Voter G.A., and the Cobb Elections Voters Division is is, is actually, actually auditing, auditing or, recounting or recounting, a hand, hand count, of, of the Vining's 04 Vining Cityhood, Cityhood referendum. referendum. And, and you're and not going to believe, gonna believe this, this, but they, but they got started. Got halfway through, so everything was looking good. And then they find out that they're missing half the balance. And now they're trying to go find the other half.
3: Right
2: <laughs> now, Now think about this for a minute. How do you lose half the ballots? A precinct poll manager puts them all together, leaves the polls, seals them all up, brings them to the elections headquarters, and elections headquarters cut the seals and counted some of them, and then got them all scrambled up. Uh, One bag is completely missing. They actually had to go back to McCollum Airport uh, area to try to find it. So this is not going to instill confidence in uh in in elections in in Cobb County or any other county the other thing that won't instill confidence in the elections here in terms of this precinct is that Brad Raffensperger allegedly got 68 percent of the vote on election day and Vonnie's 04. Jenny, wow. one question. Is it on another day would we be able to audit the, the race that we had in one audit? After, after audit. audit? after yeah. the runoff. Okay, it's too late. Yeah. yeah. That would be I understand. Yeah, I mean that'd be after the secretary to certify his own election on unverified voting. System. If what you're trying to do is see whether the scanners are accurate mm-hmm. you know,
3: this. Show you that scanners, but the that's
2: record. only in one race, yeah. so you had a lot of races on the ballot, right. and you only have to program one race, you don't have to program, you know. So, so this is why you have to audit every race. Yeah. I just we just
3: right. can't scan
2: it in time. Okay, okay. We, we have
1: brought everything to do the other race
2: here, but with the delays and the time
1: that it took to do a, this one we just
2: can't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I understand. <laughs> Brad Raffensperger allegedly got 68% of the vote of on Election Day and 0 04. I don't think so. What do you think?
0: That was awesome. Isn't he a warrior? I mean, you would never expect someone like that. He's just standing there like he's standing there with his pants. I don't want to. I don't want to sound disrespectful. He's standing there with his pants like above his belly button. He's just like, well, that's why you got. Yeah, that's why you got all the wrecks, right? I mean, did you see how they were scurrying around? They're like, we're missing half the ballots. Half the ballots are gone. Where did they go? <laughs> man, they were panicked. And then he's like, uh, can we audit the machines? And They're like, uh, you can't. Do- oh, I, I know. I know. Brad Raffensperger has to certify all the elections and then they forget about the fraud, et cetera, et cetera. He's been through this before, guys. He's been doing it for a long time, right? A long time. And uh, how exciting it must be for him that after over a decade at this, that it's coming into the light and people are getting it and people are like, There's something going on here and we're about to get to the bottom of it. We don't care who's on top because we don't guys. We just want our elections fixed, okay? So that's stunning guys. Like that is an independent corroboration that just confirms everything in the previous article where the numbers vanished on the sheets and in the graphs, they were literally missing those ballots in Cobb and in Vinings County, okay? They had to do recounts. (laughs) Amazing, amazing, guys, amazing. I was just like, oh, Lord. So, you know, for all you Georgia folk out there, you have everything you need right here, okay? You've had everything you ever needed, you know? How do you think the Arizona Senate did what they did, huh? How do you think the Arizona Senate is still doing what they're doing? You think it's because they're big, tough guys that don't have friends in the uh, state house and, uh, and just wanna be like, go rogue? Go rogue on the establishment? No, it's because they have a constituency. They have a people that are prompting them, that are pestering them, that are bugging them, that are letting them know that this is what they want. And they have the wherewithal to honor their uh, position as an elected official. Does that mean that I'm saying that no one in Georgia cares about their state or this country because clearly their representatives are running amok? and not doing anything about anything and are getting away with everything. Is that what that means? I don't know. I, maybe that's a 50-50 for me on that one. I, don't, I I would not want to lay that blanket across an entire state of you know, awake Americans and people who love our country, Constitution, and Republic. I just can't do it. But uh, something needs to be done for sure about this. Again, Georgia could have been cert- decertified when Georgia could have been desertified a long time ago, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, that was such a good story. Such a good story. Uh, let's go over to another story about, uh, obviously, this one's going to be about election fraud. And um, it uh, it has to do with the drop. Remember I was telling you that they've been stuffing the ballot boxes forever and a day here in America, Right. Um, that's what this is about. And for that, my friends, we're going to have to go over to New Jersey. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We're not going to New Jersey yet. My bad. That's next. We're going over to, ah, pencil. Ah, get you. What are you doing in here? Look at this little Ninja. This little ninja just totally snuck onto my show. Why are you here, Brnovich? Are you trying to say that you're doing something for election integrity? Are you trying to say that you're actually doing something for your state and the constituents and that you aren't selfishly just trying to get ahead in the Senate race? Well, he totally damned himself. And you know what? Since Brnovich is here, I might as well just say something. Do you guys really think that Brnovich was on the roof playing with his nunchucks because he wanted to show solidarity with cyber ninjas? Or do you think that maybe he was making fun of them? Everyone else seemed to make fun of them. Let's go to Pennsylvania, okay? Pennsylvania, why are we going to Pennsylvania? Former Pennsylvania Democrat, Michael Ozzie Myers, found guilty of election fraud. Well, this Michael Ozzie Myers looks pretty old, doesn't he, right? Pretty old, yep, yep, yep. When did this happen, right? What are we talking about here? Anyway, well, this is a current case, guys. It is a current case. And uh, it's just uh, gone through the court systems. Let's take a look. Now, this guy was a ballot box stuffer, okay? Classic ballot box stuffer. Former Democrat congressman pleads guilty to Pennsylvania election fraud charges. Okay? Once a cheater, always a cheater, right? Democrats just can't stay away from election fraud. Well, you know what? Neither can Republicans. And it took 2022 to see it, but I don't know if we all see it, but I think... Maybe some of us are starting to see it. Right? Election fraud is not a partisan issue. It's bipartisan, apparently. <laughs> Michael Ozzie Myers is a former Pennsylvania congressman who gained notoriety during the ABSCAM scandal back in 1980. On August 22nd, 1979, Myers accepted a $50,000 bribe from undercover FBI agents. The incident was recorded on a videotape where Myers famously said, money talks in this business and bullshit walks. Is he the guy that coined that phrase? Wow. Never forget it, guys. Mike Ozzie Myers, money talks, bullshit walks. Amazing. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't him, but it seems like it. Apparently, Myers has not stayed clean since then. How interesting. The now 79-year-old... Just pleaded guilty to stuffing ballot boxes in Pennsylvania elections in 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018. I guess he didn't get on the uh, the mule bandwagon right for 2020. Uh, those boxes were all stuffed for Democrats. But sure, our elections are totally secure. United States Attorney Jennifer Arbiter Arbiter Williams announced today that former U.S. Congressman Michael Ozzie Meyer, 79, of Philadelphia pleaded guilty to stuffing ballot boxes for Democrats in the 2014 through 2018 Pennsylvania elections. The U.S. Attorney's Office says Myers pled guilty to conspiracy to deprive voters of civil rights, bribery, obstruction of justice, falsification of voting records, and conspiring to illegally vote in a federal election for orchestrating schemes to fraudulently stuff the ballot boxes for specific Democrat candidates in the year of our Lord 2014, 15, 16, 17, and 18 Pennsylvanian elections. Specifically... Officials say Myers admitted in court to bribing the judge of elections for the 39th Ward, the 36th Division in South Philadelphia, Dominic J. DeMuro, in a fraudulent scheme over several years. Authorities say DeMuro, who was charged separately and pleaded guilty in May of 2020, was responsible for overseeing the entire election process and all voter activities of his division in accord with federal and state election laws. Myers was first indicted on these charges two years ago. Oh, this is like a kind of nice little setup here. I think we can do this.
3: The federal government says it was at this polling location where ballots were stuffed in the 2014, 2015, and 2016 primary election. The person behind the scheme, they say, is someone old-school Philadelphia is quite familiar with. Michael Ozzie Myers is infamous for his role in the 1970s ab scam scandal. He and other elected officials were caught on camera taking tens of thousands of dollars in bribes from who they thought was an Arab sheik. Now the feds say Myers is the one doing the bribing. The indictment against Myers accuses him of using some of the money candidates paid him to pay election board officials to tamper with the election results. The indictment describes three primary elections in which Myers paid a judge of elections to add fraudulent votes to the judicial candidates Myers was consulting for.
0: Through this alleged scheme, Myers advances political and financial interests through fraudulent and corrupt means by engaging in a ballot stuffing scheme that enabled him to take credit for the electoral success of his Philadelphia-based clients and his preferred candidates.
3: Both Myers and his attorney declined to comment other than to say he plans to enter a not guilty plea. The indictment does not name the judges for whom the ballot was stuffed. For decades, Myers has worked as a political consultant in South Philadelphia, helping candidates navigate the political infrastructure. A South Philadelphia judge of elections, Dominic DeMuro, pleaded guilty in May to taking bribes to bump up the votes for specific candidates. He added 27 votes in one case, 40 in another, and 46 in a third.
0: Voting is the cornerstone of our democracy. And if only one vote has been illegally rung up or fraudulently stuffed into a ballot box, the integrity of that entire election is undermined.
3: The feds say the case is still active and ongoing.
0: we got to be careful not to extrapolate that
3: to some grand conspiracy theory about the entire country or the entire commonwealth or the entire
2: city of Philadelphia.
3: That is David Thornburg, president of Committee of Seventy. His group focuses on election reform and campaign finance. He says the Myers case highlights problems with local judicial races. That there's a lot of money flowing around, loose money, not well-reported money. Uh, so there's a lot of work to do there. Um, and it, it also should call into question why exactly uh, we are electing local judges. A court date has not yet been set for Myers, and he will not be in jail while he waits. For the investigators, I'm Claudia Vargas, NBC10 News.
0: There you have it. Just a little bit of Philadelphia TV to uh, put the cherry on top. It says here, uh, MSN has more on Meyer's checkered history. Okay. Um, a former Pennsylvania congressman. Oh, I apologize. Let me expand that for you. A former Pennsylvania congressman convicted in the 1970s app scam investigation pleaded guilty Monday to two new, char- two new charges that he persuaded poll workers to stuff ballot boxes in local elections. Former U.S. Representative Michael Ozzie Myers, who had been working as a campaign consultant since his release from federal prison in the 1980s, admitted to a federal judge he paid one South Philadelphia elections official to fraudulently add votes for candidates who had hired him for their races from 2014 to 2016. He convinced another, he said, to do it for free. His decision to plead guilty came just hours before he was set to stand trial on charges including bribery, obstruction of justice, falsification of voting records, and illegally voting in a federal election. The 79-year-old former politician now faces up to 20 years in prison on the most serious of those counts and could spend the rest of his life behind bars. One thing you can say about Ozzie Myers, his values have long been out of whack, said Jacqueline McGuire, head of the Philadelphia office of the FBI, which investigated the case. He valued his clients, money, and his own whims more than the integrity of multiple elections and the will of the Philadelphia voters. And uh, take note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm pretty sure the same thing could be said about every politician Every selected uh, official in office right now, including the GOP, they value their uh, bosses, right? They value their money. Mm-hmm. They, they, they value their own whims, right? Because they're, they're, the, they're the representative. They're the official, right? They're here to govern, not to represent. It goes to their head, right? Right i think that statement could be applied to the gop and the democrats right now and to every every fake covetous freaking politician out there where are the statesmen right that's what i want i want a statesman if you're new to the show and you want to be politically correct we can say stateswoman. but i'm not going to say states x okay all right there i said it i'm done all right, guys, we got two more stories, and we're wrapping up tonight on tonight's elections focus episode. Now we can go to New Jersey, right? Now we can go to New Jersey. Oh, we got joy in the news for the 2022 elections, which is very good because this story directly affects their elections. And for this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'd like to bring your attention to none other than the Public Interest Legal Foundation, right? We've talked about PILF before. PILF is a uh, um, a not-for-profit organization that focuses on um, handling um, legal matters for election integrity, okay? Uh, That is their primary focus. So we're talking about cleaning out those voter rolls. We're talking about, uh, you know, holding states accountable and secretaries of state accountable, et cetera. Public Interest Legal Foundation has always done just that. And they've won several of their battles. I think the most recent one was in North Carolina, and uh, now they have struck New Jersey. Yep, yeah, that's right. Pilf strikes New Jersey because apparently New Jersey's voter rolls had over 8,000 duplicate, duplicate, not dead voters, not people who moved out, exact copies of voter registrations. Hmm. Yeah. Highly suspect on that one, guys. Highly suspect. Uh, The article goes this way. A legal nonprofit group says New Jersey voter rolls have over 8,200 duplicate names, which creates the potential for one person to vote multiple times. Who would have thunk it? The findings by the Public Interest Legal Foundation also show several dozen individuals whose names are on the rolls three times. And a handful have their names on the rolls four times. Five and even six times. What is the Secretary of State of New Jersey doing, right? What is going on here? This is like severe negligence. It's downright criminal negligence, guys. I would be so upset if I knew that to be the case here in Texas. But in Texas, what we have is a bunch of illegal voters on voter rolls. New Jersey's voter registration system, like nearly every other study by PILF, the Public Interest Legal Foundation, can be tricked into registering a person multiple times with extremely similar biographical data inputs at the same address, according to the foundation analysis published this week and reported by the Epoch Times. The report states that the most common issue with duplicate registrations came down to sometimes subtle typographic errors, such as mixed-up letters. As an example, Julia Rose Rose and Jula Rose are the same person, but she has duplicate registrations with unique voter identification numbers, the report reads. The organization notified the New Jersey Secretary of State about the issue. Other names on the voter rolls were highlighted for a variety of reasons, including missing or made up biographical information, such as dates of birth and registration dates. And close to 2,400 individuals listed on the rolls as active voters have a birthday that would make them over 100 years old. There are 2,398 registrants showing dates of birth in 1917 or before... Uh, or before across New Jersey. Also, according to the report, I don't know what that means, or before across New Jersey. Anyways, given that the most recent average life expectancy data show to be 80.7 years in the state, the thousands of registrants aged well beyond 100 years deserve closer examination. The foundation has documented similar issues with the voter rolls in uh, such states as Arizona and North Carolina, in addition to other types of ballot inconsistencies in such swing states as Pennsylvania and Georgia. And if they don't settle, they often win. And uh, in the case of getting a state to comply with, common sense and, uh, I don't know, a little due diligence for their state in regards to anything with their elections, I say a settlement is a win. Don't you? I do. All right. We're on to our last story for tonight, guys. Another election story. I bring to you the two sisters weird of the three, Michigan Secretary of Snakes Jocelyn Benson and uh, Michigan Attorney General Wretched Dana Nacelle. Okay, Now, I have a feeling we're going to see, be seeing a lot of these two in the coming months, particularly since uh, Benson and Nacelle have hatched a plot together to bring down their two specific opponents in the Michigan primary. Uh, I mean, runoff, I mean, uh, midterms. I mean, literally, literally. The two specific candidates who are running against them these two people, their opponents, okay, they have hatched a plot to uh, disqualify them from uh, the midterms. Yeah. Talk about intent, right? Talk about intent, okay? Because Matthew DePerno and Christina Caramo would just mop the floor with these two haggard, haggard snakes, okay? Now, here's the story on them. Here's the story on them. We have a sheriff out of Barry County, Michigan, who is suing the bitches, okay? He's going to sue the bitches. That's right, I called them bitches here at the Sea Report. It's almost, it's almost midnight. No, just kidding. Maybe if you're in another uh, time zone, but here's the headline. Breaking hero sheriff sues. Look at this headline, guys. It doesn't even fit on my screen. Hero Sheriff sues lawless Michigan Attorney General Nacelle, dishonest Michigan Secretary of Snakes Jocelyn Benson, for interfering, obstructing, and covering up crimes in election fraud investigations, including machine voting, ballot harvesting, and trafficking. Now, talk about the law taking matters into their own hands. This is what we need, America. Hero and American treasure, Barry County Sheriff Dar Leaf and Barry County Sheriff's Office is suing. Uh, the Michigan Attorney General, Wretched Dana Nessel, and the Michigan Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson, the Director of the Michigan Bureau of Elections, Jonathan Brater, the Michigan State Police, the Michigan State Police Trooper, Brian Fuller, and Michigan State Police Trooper, David Geyer, in their official and individual capacity. Dang! Are we going to have a revival of Michigan? Is Michigan suddenly going to be resuscitated? Do we have someone who's suddenly going to take these vipers and these treasonous Americans to jail, to court, to hold them accountable? I just got to show you this, guys. This is not the first time I've seen this on Jocelyn Benson, okay? Now, the first time I thought it was a fluke and I was just joking. Can you see it, guys? Do you see it? Hold on. Let me, t- let me take us out of immersive. I'm going to totally discredit my show right now, guys, okay? I'm going to discredit my show right now, live and in person. Where did it go? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where did you go? Oh, I went all the way down. Where is that? What am I doing? Ah, who is that? Dang it. Oh, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. This was in the way. Look at this, guys. I'm going to discredit my show right now. Look at that eyeball. Look at that eyeball. Okay, the first time I saw it, I thought it was a glare, okay? I thought it was a glare. All right, all of you conspiracy theorists out there, I nabbed Benson for you guys, all right? I am no reptile hunter, but I call it like I see it, okay? Oh, you guys didn't think I, you guys thought I didn't believe in that stuff? I don't, but, uh, there's something wrong with her eyeball, guys. I don't know what's wrong with her eyeball. <laughs> Anyways, okay. That was, ju- that was just for hoots and hollers, guys. But hey, she should see a doctor about that thing, right? Anyways, okay. Let's get back to the article. I got totally distracted. My bad. My bad. Okay. All right. There is our hero, Darleaf, okay? Suing... Half a dozen people over the fraud or over their cover up. Let's 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 see what what, what's going on here, guys. (coughs) It says here, Michigan Election Code specifically states that it is the duty of any police sheriff or other peace officer present and having knowledge of any violation of any of the provisions of this act to forthwith, forthwith institute criminal proceedings for the punishment of such Offender. Michigan law, Michigan election law also states that a Michigan sheriff is required to investigate any alleged or suspected illegal or fraudulent voter registration activity. If a township or city clerk has knowledge that there is a probable illegal or fraudulent registration in the township or city or in any ward or precinct of the township or city, the clerk has the power and duty to to make a full investigation of the facts concerning the registration and to ascertain whether any name has been illegally or fraudulently registered. A township or city clerk is authorized and empowered to call upon the police department of the city or the sheriff of the county in which the city is located or both to assist in making the investigation, and the police department and the sheriff are required to render assistance if the clerk makes a request for assistance, and to furnish the clerk at his or her request with all available assistance in making the investigation. Just in case they did not, um, they did not mix their words there, guys. <laughs> They wanted you to understand that beyond all reasonable doubt, this is the sheriff's job and this is the police officer's job. So uh, uh, our dear Sheriff Darleef is simply following his due duties per the law, right? Sheriff Darleef's lawsuit addresses the lawless and obstructive actions of Attorney General Dana Nassel, wretched who regularly mocks and threatens her political opponents, together with Secretary of Snakes Jocelyn Benson, also wretched, who's blocked the efforts of citizens and law enforcement to investigate voter fraud and voter irregularities related to the 2020 election. Benson has also been caught in numerous lies related to the election, and like her fellow Democrat activist attorney general, she has mocked and threatened her political opponents while preventing Sheriff Dar to perform his duties and responsibilities as an elected official. Who you think you is, Jocelyn Benson? You ain't the highest law of the land. The buck don't stop with you. Again, it seems like the arrogance might be the downfall. Look at that. Look at that pinched, snot-faced bitch. I'm. S- look at this one over here. This one looks like a freaking. This one looks like she's been drinking too much of Doctor Artis's venom water. Look, she looks like a serpent practically. Maybe that's why Benson has serpent eyes. She's been drinking. Ben, she's been. She's been. She's been drinking that uh, that uh, that venom water up there in Michigan, right? Venom water. Uh, yeah. Anyways, okay. I I gotta throw the snakes in with the snakes, guys. I'm sorry. Not sorry. I'm done. Okay. So the Barry County Sheriff is also suing Michigan Secretary of Snakes Jocelyn Benson's henchman, Jonathan Brader. Um, save big on my pillow products. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Jonathan Brader is Michigan's Director of Elections, a member of the executive branch of state government, and an employee of the state. As Director of Elections, Mr. Brader is vested with the powers and shall perform the duties of the Secretary of Snakes under his or her supervision, with respect to the supervision and administration of election laws. Which means, Mr. braiter if your Secretary of Snakes is breaking election laws, well, you need to refer to the laws for guidance on how to fulfill your duty or where to go from there. Defendant braiter has no law enforcement or executive authority to encroach upon law enforcement functions of a constitutional share. Who you think you is? Who you think you is, defendant Brader? You think that the law of the land ends with you? You are nothing but a henchman. From the lawsuit filed by Detroit attorney Stephanie Lambert, I've read that name somewhere before, before, Stephanie Lambert, I know that name from somewhere. This lawsuit represents a flagrant violation of constitutional and statutory law on the part of defendants, both named and unnamed, who took it upon themselves to bully, harass, intimidate, threaten, and ultimately to unconstitutionally usurp and or cause to be usurped and replaced and or to invade and encroach upon the powers and duties of plaintiffs as the constitutional sheriff of Barry County, In the performance of his constitutional and common law duties and in adhering to his oath of office by choosing to honor and uphold state and federal laws by exercising his constitutional and statutory duties to investigate alleged election fraud and crime. The lawsuit states that Attorney General Nassel, who has no accountability to the Berry County electorate and even less authority to encroach upon the law enforcement functions of a constitutional sheriff, has committed a flagrant violation of constitutional and statutory laws by usurping the power of Sheriff Darleaf. "...by obstructing, impeding, prejudging the ability of a duly elected official to conduct a criminal investigation into allegations of criminal acts related to the 2020 election and voting." Defendants without authority encroached upon Sheriff Darleaf's duties by obstructing and interfering with his lawful investigation, obstructing justice in the process and covering up evidence and crimes, including those that they themselves were involved in and conspired with others to commit. I cannot believe that people in Michigan actually recognize the role that these three witches played in the um, uh, fraud and theft of the 2020 elections in their state. My God, there is hope yet in Michigan. I knew there was hope. We had Matthew DePerno. We had Christina Caramo in the face of every other single crooked rhino in the state who found no election fraud, invasive or otherwise. Um, I'm surprised, guys. I'm telling you, it's that. Uh, it's that. Uh, it's that. Um, sh- uh, what's her name? This woman's name that I recognized. Attorney. Uh, attorney Stephanie Lambert. I feel like she might have worked with DePerno, maybe at some point. I don't know. I recognize her name. I ain't talking about Adam. I don't fly that way. Okay. Don't even know who that guy is. Okay. All right. So uh, getting back to the article, so that we can conclude tonight's festivities. Uh, this is a good. This is a good article to end with. I think. I feel. In my bones and spirit and gut. Um, It says here that... uh, Where did we leave off? (laughs) Uh, That they committed themselves... Uh, Defendants usurped and otherwise obstructed an elected constitutional officer and prevented him from performing his constitutional statutory and common law duties as county sheriff in accordance with the Michigan Constitution and state and federal laws. Defendants without legitimate authority also unconstitutionally and unlawfully confiscated property, documents, and information, including voting machines with its attendant software, programs, and data. All of which was required to be sealed, preserved, protected, and retained by federal law. Defendants acted in concert or individually to transfer and relocate the duties and powers of the plaintiff, usurping his power and removing from him, or otherwise preventing his ability to perform his constitutional and statutory statutory duties. Defendants' acts included, but are not limited to, threatening, harassing, and interfering with witnesses, local government officials, including township clerks, deputies, agents, and experts, and interfering with, obstructing and otherwise defiling investigative works and the results of such works, confiscating and or destroying confidential files and Information pertaining to an ongoing investigation, unconstitutionally and unlawfully and without the proper procedure, usurping plaintiff's law enforcement functions and authorities, which are exclusively reserved to him under Michigan common law and statutory law. Stepping in to quell on an ongoing legitimate investigation, confiscating confidential files and documents related thereto, obstructing, harassing, and or threatening his deputies and agents conducting the law enforcement function on his behalf, as they are allowed to do exclusively and with immunity under Michigan law, confiscating voting equipment and information and data that is required by federal law to be protected and preserved. On or about November 3, 2020, plaintiff Barry County Sheriff Darleaf received information that election fraud and voting machine fraud was taking place in Barry County, Michigan before, during, and after the November 2020 election. Pursuant to his exclusive common law and statutory duties to investigate and ferret out criminal activity occurring within his county, Sheriff Leaf opened an investigation. As with all such law enforcement investigations, confidentiality protections and investigatory privileges are sacrosanct and necessary to properly perform the law enforcement function because leaks and disclosures that erode these principles reduce the likelihood that true justice and truth will prevail. As one court has noted, generally, The law enforcement uh, privilege plays a critical role in litigation involving the government. The purpose of the privilege is to prevent disclosure of law enforcement techniques and procedures, to preserve the confidentiality of sources, to protect witnesses and law enforcement personnel, to safeguard the privacy of individuals involved in an investigation, and otherwise to prevent interference with an investigation. Under Michigan Law 168.941, it is hereby made the duty of any officer, uh, any police, sheriff, or other peace officer present and having knowledge of any violation of any of the provisions of this Act to forthwith institute criminal proceedings for the punishment of such offender. Defendant Nassel has shown her inherent bias against any fraud claims or suspected criminal acts committed in relation to the investigation of rampant voter fraud that occurred during the November 2020 election, including the suspected hacking and manipulation of voting machines, which was demonstrated during the Antrim County um, investigation. Defendant Nassel has also shown her mockery and disdain for Barry County Sheriff Darleef in her multiple Twitter posts and on other social media platforms and biased news articles. Dana Nassel is quoted to have tweeted, The only thing missing from this post-election circus was a lawsuit from Berry County Sheriff Darleaf against Governor Whitmer and Jocelyn Benson. Until now, of course, because 2020 is still happening. Even before the November 2020 election was over, defendant Nassel predicted that counting of ballots would not stop and go on much longer than election day. Michigan will have 3 million or more absentee ballots to count. The counting of absentee, ba- um, absentee voting ballots cannot begin until 7 a.m. election day. The election ends when all the votes are counted, not when the polls close. Every unlawful ballot counts. Defendant Nassel also urged the DOJ not to investigate Michigan election integrity and allegations of widespread fraud and voting machine anomalies. Um, uh, Dana Nassel sends this tweet over, apparently, uh, calls on AG Barr to reverse the new policy that will erode the public's confidence in elections, right? Dana Nassel Dana states... It is the state's principal responsibility for overseeing the elections process, and my office is committed to bringing perpetrators of fraud to justice. As I've stated previously, there has not been an unusual number of credible allegations of voting misconduct. It's clear that this due policy only serves to undermine confidence in the electoral process while legitimizing the president's unsupported claims that he won his re-election. Defendant Nacelle even attacked Monica Palmer for not wanting to certify the 2020 election. In light of these admitted biases and her mockery and disdain for plaintiff and all others who point out the now demonstrated problems with voter fraud, illegal ballot harvesting and trafficking and voting machine hacking, Defendant Nacelle is conflicted out and unable to ethically or legally overview, direct, authorize, or otherwise involve herself in any ostensible investigation of voter fraud and alleged criminal activity that may have occurred in Barry County, and in the process of that, she is nonetheless forbidden from obstructing, interfering with, encroaching upon, or otherwise usurping the exclusive constitutional duties of plaintiff county sheriff. Nisselle preemptively threatened anyone who questioned the results of the election. In a series of two tweets, the lawless Mich- Michigan attorney general used her power as Michigan's top law enforcement officer to warn anyone from questioning the election results, saying any effort to discount over half of all votes in our state is nothing short of a coup. She then threatened the citizens she represents. The Michigan Department of Attorney General will be ready to counter such an effort and there are those tweets if the information is not from an official source namely the associated press it is likely misinformation designed to confuse people please don't believe or share anything from an unofficial source during the election period the voters get to determine the winner not the candidates any efforts to discount over half of all votes in our state is nothing short of a coup uh, it says here, defendant rep- respondent Jocelyn Benson, Secretary of Snakes Benson, is the Secretary of Snakes for the State of Michigan, and a member of the executive branch of state government. Secretary Benson is responsible for assuring Michigan's local election officials conduct elections in a fair, just, and lawful manner. Beyond this, Secretary Benson or any other defendant or or, or party has no law enforcement or excuse ex- executive authority. To encroach upon law enforcement functions of a constitutional sheriff that's right benson get that stick in your eye straight defendant benson has shown her inherent bias against any fraud claims or suspected criminal acts committed in relation to the investigation of rampant voter fraud that occurred during november 2020 election including the suspected hacking and manipulation of voting machines finally acknowledged by the media And as demonstrated in multiple unbiased and impartial expert analysis. Defendant Benson has also shown her mockery and disdain for Barry County Sheriff Darleaf in her multiple Twitter posts and on other social media and biased news articles. In light of these admitted biases and her mockery and disdain for plaintiffs and all others who point out the now demonstrated problems with voter fraud, illegal ballot harvesting and trafficking and voting machine hacking, defendant Benson is conflicted and unable to ethically or legally overview, direct, authorize, or otherwise involve herself in any ostensible investigation of voter fraud and alleged criminal activity that may have occurred in Berry County, and in the process of that, she is nonetheless forbidden from obstructing, interfering with, encroaching upon, or otherwise usurping the exclusive constitutional duties of plaintiff county sheriff. The lawsuit includes Michigan State Police. Michigan State Police is an unelected and unaccountable strong arm of the state a partisan and politically controlled run and operated state police force in every sense of the term acts as law enforcement, a law enforcement branch for and on behalf of the executive branch of the state government, including defendants A.G. Nassel, S.O.S. Benson, and Director Brader. And at all times relevant to the facts and circumstances described in this complaint, acted at the direction of or in collaboration with any and all of the other defendants, named or unnamed, and who were and were, remain an arm of the executive branch of government. Defendant MSP, Michigan State Police, and individual trooper defendants to be named have no law enforcement or executive authority to encroach upon law enforcement functions of a constitutional sheriff. Uh, the lawsuit filed on June third, two 2022 can be viewed here. Berry County Sheriff, Michigan Sheriff, Leaf Complaint for uh, declaratory mandamus and injunctive relief and damages. Here is one example of Secretary of Snakes Benson, Jonathan Brader, and the Michigan State Police working together to reportedly usurp the powerful power of the duly elected clerk. On May 23rd, 100% Fed up reported about Michigan's lawless Secretary of State uh, Benson, who has yet to pay any price for asking clerks across the state to break the law by telling them to ignore signatures matching, but but uh, as was hell bent on making Adams Township Clerk Stephanie Scott pay a steep price for not complying with voting machine updates on her timeline. The Adams Township clerk became the target of Secretary of Snakes Benson who, when she refused to allow updates to her voting machine over concerns that election data from the 2020 election that by law is supposed to be preserved for 22 months will be compromised or worse, erased. In a threatening October 25th, 2021 letter from Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson's office, written by Director of Elections, Jonathan Brader, with a copy sent to Dana Nassel's office, the Adams Township clerk was directed to provide immediate access to all election equipment and records, including tabulator, voter assistance program, or voter assist terminals, uh, absentee ballot applications, ballot envelopes, and polling place materials. They also informed her that her access to the qualified voting file would be suspended until further notice and that she would be charged with a misdemeanor if she refused to comply. On October 29th, only four days after receiving the letter from S.O.S. Benson's office, Sergeant Barkley of the Michigan State Police, apparently acting at the behest of Michigan's partisan Attorney General, Dana Nassel, wretched. And allegedly at the direction of the dishonest and lawless Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson, wretched. Seized the township's election tabulator from a locked cabinet in the office of Adams Township Clerk, Stephanie Scott. A search warrant was procured seeking a scan unit for a Hart InterCivic tabulator used in the November 2020 election and to be used for an upcoming local election being held in the township on November 2nd. There is a copy of that. The following facts are sworn in affidavit. According to Miss Scott's attorney, Stephanie Lambert, the county treasurer entered the clerk's office and unlocked the cabinet to allow Sergeant Barkley to remove the tabulator and other wa- and other items. Lambert explained, the treasurer has no authority to go in the clerk's office to open the cabinet. At 2:50 p.m., the clerk's attorney received a message from Sergeant Barkley saying he had what he was looking for and that her client did not need to come to unlock the cabinet in her personal office. There's the clerk. Miss Scott's attorney asked the state police sergeant whether the treasurer had opened the cabinet without her client's permission, which had obviously occurred. She also asked if the sergeant had any questions for her client, to which she, he replied, I will come up with a list of questions and get with you the next business day, in the next few uh, business days. When asked for a copy of the affidavit, which would have been um, most, uh, which would have been presented to the judge who authorized the search, Sergeant Barkley refused to provide it and said that she would have to obtain it from the court where the warrant and affidavit would be filed. In order to obtain a search warrant, the requesting entity or individual officer has to sign an affidavit to explain the probable cause based upon uh, basis for the search warrant, which must then be reviewed and approved by a judge. In this case, the warrant was presented to and signed by Magistrate Megan Stevenson for the 2nd District Court in Hillsdale County. Stephanie Scott, who was elected to run her township's elections, has been officially stripped of her election responsibilities and is now facing a recall over her actions. On May 13th, the County Election Board approved the language for the recall petition of Stephanie Scott. The recall is based on Jonathan Braden's It's Brader with an A Brader with an A, Brader with an A and an E, and now it's Braden with a D. Uh Jonathan Braden's letter, which Lambert says is unlawful. Lambert is appealing the recall language that is not accurate or clear and has filed suit against defendant Hillside County Clerk Marnie Cast, who has ma- who made the resolution for the petition and for essentially usurping Scott's authority. Sheriff Dar Leaf is seeking temporary injunctive relief to prevent defendants from further usurping and interfering with performance of his duties and his investigations, to prevent defendants from seizing and keeping property and information and data created during related to and or um, subject of said investigations, and order defendants to return all such information. The prevent defendants from tampering with uh, otherwise adulterating uh, the property and evidence that it is unlawfully confiscated to prevent defendants from harassing, threatening, seizing, or otherwise interfering with by interviewing and confiscation of the, their property, all deputies and agents lawfully engaged by the plaintiff to assist him in conducting his investigation to prevent defendants from obstructing justice, interfering with and or destroying all investigatory uh, confidences and privileges to prevent defendants from leaking information related to plaintiff's investigation to the press and to further refrain from commenting or otherwise alerting the public of the nature of such confidential investigatory information as is protected by law enter an order pursuant to mcr 3.310 enjoining defendants car- from carrying out or otherwise causing to be carried out any and all tampering deletion erasing or adulteration of the data and evidence related uh, to the general election of November 20th, 2000, sorry, November 2020 as required by federal law and order that all evidence related to the plaintiff, uh, related to the investigation that is in their possession be returned to the plaintiff. Jesus, how many other things is this guy going to have? Um, Order defendants to show cause as to why its proposed actions are authorized by law and are not ultra vires of their constitutional and statutory authority and thereby in contravention of and directly violative of plaintiff's exercise of his constitutional and statutory duties as a constitutional elected official of a known legal character with certain duties and powers provided by law and beholden to his electorate order that a hearing be held on the merits of this complaint wherein it shall be determined whether the defendants must honor their respective constitutional statutory and legal obligations vis-a-vis plaintiff in his official capacity as a constitutional officer and perform those actions and procedures deemed necessary to bring about compliance by defendants with state and federal law and to restore Uh, to plaintiff his ability to perform his independent duties and functions, whether defendants must further refrain from unconstitutionally encroaching upon the plaintiff's uh, constitutional office in violation of the doctrine of separation of powers and the exercise of his exclusive powers, and such other relief as this honorable court deems just and equitable under law, it's about time a sheriff in Michigan stood up to Michigan's top two elected officials whose job is to serve all of the citizens of the state of Michigan. Instead, these two wretched, ratchet bitches, they have chosen, chosen to ignore their demands to investigate the 2020 election and even worse, to obstruct and threaten one of the only duly elected sheriffs in the state of Michigan who is brave enough to investigate the 2020 election. Now, I'll tell you exactly how this went down with Sheriff Darleaf. Sheriff Darleaf was like this. He was like, I'm sick and tired of it. He was like, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore from these two women. Can you just imagine? Ugh. No, thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't need to even uh, fathom what a weekend is like away with those Scissor Sisters. Wretched Dana Nassel, Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson, and Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Mm -hmm. Probably a very, very fishy experience, I would say. So, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the conclusion of episode 317 of The Sea Report. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Very, very much so. Ladies and you know, gentlemen, that was a great way to conclude this article. Uh, Michigan apparently is having their own Garland favorito moment. Perhaps the people of Michigan are relearning the concept of self-governance and... Learning what it means to self-govern. We all are right now, ladies and gentlemen. Every single one of us is learning, recalling, relearning what self-governance means and what it takes, right, to be a self-governed people. All right, guys, that is it for tonight. I bid thee adieu, but not for long. We will be back, ladies and gentlemen, God willing. Uh, with another edition of The Sea Report tomorrow. And then all, we also got another event happening after The C Report called uh, This Is News, right? Over at the Speak Uneasy lounge bar, um, live stream chat room. So I would highly recommend all you guys tune in for that. Um, also, please make sure go check out thecreport.com, ladies and gentlemen. Join our mailing list. The uh, website is developing. And uh, make sure that you follow us on Rumble and give us a thumbs up, guys. If you like the work I do here, please give it a thumbs up. This way I know whether or not I have reached your approval. <laughs> and uh, follow me over at um, Truth Social at MRCTV. That's Truth Social at MRCTV and Gab at MR underscore CTV. We got a lot more, uh, developing and a lot more in the works, and, uh, well, I'll let you guys know about that as soon as the ball drops. Some exciting developments, I think, will help the show expand outside of the current parameters that it is resting quite comfortably in. But, uh, the show's gotta grow, guys, and, uh, you know what? I never minded the growing pains. Grow with me, right? Right? why don't you bloom with us anyways guys you guys have a great night it's been a great and interesting evening and uh we'll see you again soon as always be safe be blessed and god bless america have a good night y'all see you next time